Tune in to the Neil Prendeville Show weekdays from 9 a.m. on Cork's Red FM. And the papers this morning are dominated very much by Phil Hogan. Some call him Hulk Hogan. Others say Hogan goes out swinging. It's a headliner uh, making the sun this morning. Uh, the Red Tops are talking tea you later, Phil. Tea as in a pun on on golf. Um, Hogan goes out swinging as the front page in the sun today, as I say. Um, Luke Ming Flanagan had a rather nasty tweet this morning where he says, plenty of time for golf now, Phil, which I think is probably below the belt. I don't know that there's any need for that, actually. We're on an MEP uh, to another European, um, you know, uh, colleague. But there you have it, nonetheless. Plenty of time for golf now. I mean... It's funny, actually, because now they're saying who's going to take the job. Not funny, but, you know, it's amazing how fast the story moves on. They're, they're saying now that it probably will be uh, Simon Coveney or Maureen McGuinness, according to the Mail this morning. If Simon Coveney, um, the, uh, you know, ex-Tonish and now Minister for Foreign Affairs in Cork South Central TD, if he takes over... Um, Phil Hogan's position in Europe, right? Because there is a position vacant. It may not be the trade commissioner position. The chances of Ireland getting and holding on to that are very slim, apparently. But what happens in Cork South Central then? Is there a by-election or does Fianna Gael just um, parachute in another person to take the seat? It'll be interesting to see what happens there if Coveney goes uh, to Europe. But all of the papers this morning, Coveney's favoured apparently at this stage. Uh, papers are just... I mean, it's it's amazing if you if you follow it because everyone now is coming out, you know, praising Hogan and the accolades of him as a politician and his long career, and that he was a political heavyweight in Europe that everybody loved, and he was brilliant at his job. I don't think the general population go along with that mantra, though, or along with that sentiment, because uh, they were really incensed by all of this. But having said that, there is still a judge in his job. Uh, and that, to me, is a, probably even a bigger issue, I think, than, uh, than than Hogan. But there you have it, nonetheless. Now, what's very interesting about this is uh, months back, um, people from Cormac Sherry got in touch um, saying that uh, Micheál Martin was down in Cormac and they were saying he shouldn't have been down in Cormac uh, during lockdown and restrictive movements and stuff. And in spite of contacting his department and, indeed, uh, his own team on a number of occasions, we never got an answer to that question. But the Independent stuck with the story and um, they have a, an update on it making this morning's um, Independent. Um, I'm not calling this Court Mac Gate or anything like that, along the lines of Golfgate, but I think there's no story there at all. Uh, his department, his, his office has now come back and confirmed <coughs> that uh, Mior Martin visited his home in Cork City while using his holiday home in Court Mac as his base during the lockdown restrictions in April. So he was based in Court Mac. He was there with uh, his two sons and that's where he was staying. Uh, but, um, you know, when we had uh, restrictions to our movements and stuff, um, he, as an essential worker, was allowed to move around. Uh, and they have confirmed that he was in Court Mac during when lockdown kicked in, that he did call home uh, in the city in Bannonlock to pick up some clothes. He attended a charity event in Gary Duff, um, while he was back in Cork and then he took his clothes and he went back to Dublin to work and that's where he stayed then he was in Court Mac with his sons when the restrictions came in on March 27th that was at the time when the government were asking people to stay at home uh, for a fortnight except for essential work trips you know food medical appointments and exercise. That was at the time when there was a, a two kilometre rule do you remember those dark dark days but the locals in Court Mac 
They certainly got on to me and it seems as if they got on to the independent as well because they saw me Hall Martin down around there um, when the travel restrictions were in place. He'd been staying there. So I don't think there's any story there. The guy had to get back to Dublin. He was caught in the hop down in Court Mac. He had to get from Court Mac back to Dublin. Had to pick up clothes before he went back to Dublin. That's where he was based. But uh, that's the, the latest update and people travelling around during lockdown. But what's very important is a couple of stories that make the papers today. One is from The Sun. Where we're at tipping point now and we possibly are looking at another national lockdown, according to the health minister. Now, not everybody has faith in Stephen Donnelly, so they're not always listening to everything he says uh, with any amount of belief. Uh, But he's warning in the Irish Times this morning, they pick up on the story, that we're very close now uh, to a new lockdown. We had big numbers again yesterday and we're at tipping point. And the coronavirus pandemic is close to having us locked down as a country yet again. So that's a bit of a worry, isn't it? It's a bit of a kick in the a kick in the stock. Um, there's a school up the Midlands uh, in Athlone where they have to use the tiniest little wooden barnish shed as the isolation area for their school. It's a last resort for them. It must be absolutely heartbreaking for the principal and the teachers to be left like this. Tiniest little shed, almost like a phone box of a shed where the children, childhood children, will have to go into isolation before their um, parents pick them up. And am I right in seeing two cavity blocks on the ground in there. I mean, is the kid expected to sit on two cavity blocks or is that to weigh it down? I hope, oh no, there are some chairs in there. It's an off-looking thing. It even looks damp and wet in there to me. But another big development, and many of the papers hone in on this, is um, weddings. Here comes the bride, but only until half past 11. Um, I'm wondering now, does that mean if weddings have to end at half past 11, will they start now at 10 o'clock in the morning? He started earlier and get a better run at it like. I'll come back to this story in a few minutes' time. But far from Cinderella-style weddings these days, because there's big changes, and now you've got to be out. There'll be no afters for guests or residents, um, you know, until 2 or 3 in the morning after the wedding, or no two-day or three-day event. Uh, but weddings in the age of COVID, there's a lovely story on it, actually, making this morning's sun, where they, you know, compare how weddings will be different now with an 1130 finish up. So I'll come back to that in a few minutes' time. Papers also talk to Mary Crilly, who says that there's been a 37%, uh, there's been a big increase in uh, sexual violence on Leaside. And a lot of it is involving students. 37% of sexual attacks referrals uh, to Mary Crilly's sexual violence centre have been students. And she's particularly worried about freshers, those that are in college for the first time, getting a bit of freedom, coming up to the city, moving in with pals. Uh, and they're the ones that are particularly vulnerable, she says. Um, if you didn't know it, apparently it takes 15 years now for a couple to save from a mortgage. It's a story that makes the independent, but it also makes the echo today because there are other counties where it takes longer by all accounts. Uh, But when you look at, say, for instance, Cork, it's 15 years, uh, which is really, really strange. The time it takes a couple to save for a deposit in Kilkenny is just under two years um, and 15 years in Cork. Can anybody explain to me? Why there's such a huge... I mean, a house price, I suppose, but 15 years in Cork to save for a deposit. Would you agree with that, lads? Is there anybody out there that is saving that long or did have to save that long? Text 0868104106. And the papers today also talk about the fact that if you take an afternoon nap, it's fine if it's 10 or 15 minutes, but if it's an hour, anybody... I mean, research, mother of God. Taking an afternoon nap for longer than one hour could kill you. Apparently, even a five-minute snooze hikes the danger of death by 19%. You are joking me. 
Who makes this stuff up? I mean, like, you know, I mean, taking something like 20% off your life because you take a 20-minute snooze in the afternoon, I mean... Surely, bit of God, that can't be right. The Neil Prenderville Show. With Tesco. Save time and shop online. Simply log on to tesco.ie. But there it is nonetheless. Scientists found drifting off for more than an hour in the day increases your risk of dying by up to 34%. Anyway, text 0868104106 on that and lots more besides. Yes, indeed, your thoughts are welcome as well on uh, Phil Hogan's resignation. Did he resign? Or did you get in ahead of the push? Text 0868104106. To the phone lines we go on this Thursday morning. Megan, good morning. Hello, good morning. Thanks so much. I was um, keen to talk to you over the last few days, so I'm glad that it's happening now. Yeah. Uh, t- talk, talk to me about your life and things that have been happening to you. You've been oh, in Cork gosh. now for four years, but in Ireland, 12 years, and a lot of that yeah. in Galway, right? Yes. Right. Um, so, yeah, I moved to Cork four years ago, and... Um, and I've always been living in the city centre and working in the centre as well. Okay, and before um, that Galway, and before Galway, where were you? Before Galway, I uh, came from London. Mm-hmm. And were you born there? I was, I Okay, was. okay. So how do you find your time, found your time here? Um, absolutely fine up until recently. <laughs> um, just with the, with the BLM movement, Black Lives Matter movement going on, um, and really being publicised, I because I'm biracial, I've been experiencing just random racial slurs out in public in my workplace from colleagues, from strangers, and it's kind of shocking that even this past week I've had three unattached different experiences where nothing has been provoked, nothing was, you know, happening for 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 um a racial discussion to come up but then i did get targeted do you um, want to talk about that give us examples of it yeah so on monday i was crossing road um over one of the bridges and a gentleman stood next to me and i he stood quite close to me so then i stepped aside to give two meter distance and he called me every name under the sun saying I'm a uh, fat black slut um, um, because, and that I'm a moron because apparently he thought I was moving away because um, I thought he was going to give me the virus but no I was just keeping, I'm so used to doing it at work, I'm just He took you know, offence to you moving away yeah. from him yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, and then at work I was trying to discuss um, I'm just making a note yeah. of this here. He called you a moron. He yeah. called you a slut. He called you fat. Right, okay. Yeah. 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 Um, Unbelievable. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. And, um, and then I was trying to discuss that with a colleague at work, and she kind of, she laughed at the story. She, I said to her, it wasn't really funny. Um, and then she goes, oh, no, I think it's funny. And I was like, why do you not... Um, do you have opposing opinions on the Black Lives Matter movement? She's like, yeah, I think it's a load of bull. And I was like, right. Okay. Which really, really upset me. Um, well, firstly, her thinking that calling you a moron, slut and fat is funny is wrong. Right. Although she yeah. is entitled to her opinion on Black Lives yeah, Matter. You, you get that, don't you? Yeah, 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 of course. Of course, everybody is. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and then another time, and it was just, 
it's just discussing um, a conversation on the street with, with someone and someone just goes like home or like whatever they didn't and it, I've experienced customers treat, like talk to me differently talk to me as if I'm you know a bit of crap off their shoe you said um, that you walk uh, I, I, do, you, do you work in the service industry like in, in hospitality I do yeah okay so yeah. I walked past this woman's table and she shouted at me you, yeah. as in, yeah. you know, come here, girl, kind of thing, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so she, like, demanded that I take a item and put it in the fridge for her because she um, she didn't want it to get too warm, and I was questioning it with cross-contamination. So you can't put um, people's personal stuff into, you know, restaurant's exactly. fridge. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, and, but she wouldn't hear of it. She was like, I don't care. It doesn't matter. I told you to go do this, so go do it. Anybody else going to her table, she was super lovely, super nice. However, I walked past the table and she wants to talk to me as if I'm nothing, you know? And has this increased, do you think, in the last couple of months? I've never experienced it so blatant in in my face since since um the since the pandemic and since the BLM movement. Like I've always had I've always noticed subtleties to myself but it's been so easy for me to get over um, and I've built such a tough skin to it that I'm like you know what that says more about you than it says about me I'm going to go on without, with my day but now it's getting to the point where it's 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 hurting me it's so in my face I'm going home so many times a day crying because I got called something when I didn't do anything other than walk around yeah, is it a generational thing? Thing do you think, Megan? Uh, you know, d- is there an age profile to those that give you a hard time? In, in some ways, yes. However, my colleague is is my peer. You know, so in but your colleague said no, nothing more than um, she did. She calls me um, Blegan. Blegan. Yeah, merging the words Black and Megan to call me Blegan. Okay, and did you not report that? I did, of course. Oh, I did. Um, and did she not, did she apologise for that? Not yet, no. Okay, but is there a process in place whereby somebody has spoken to her about it? Um, I'm not too sure. It's out of my, it's out of my hands now. Um, and that's what my HR department has told me. So I'm like, okay, you, you do whatever. Well, you know you were right to report that. Oh, of course, yeah. I wasn't, I couldn't, I couldn't work in the future without reporting something. Um, so the downside like to that. Black Lives Matters is that it has also kind of stoked the anger of those mm. that um, that are racist. Right, yeah. And it's kind of, I, I've, I feel that it's kind of giving people um, a, a, like an incentive to just give, give out to, to people that they see who are of colour, who are of um, biracial mix or whatever. They just have this now urge to to have a go at us for no reason. And the guys at the traffic lights, these characters yeah. who, who stood too close to you, like what kind of yeah. age were they? They they were, I'd say, yeah, middle-aged, 40s, 50s men. See, would you, would you have a 20-something or a teen saying something to you? Oh, teens, yes. Go away, really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I've had that before. Um, walking out on on the street, and yeah, a group of um, young lads would would 
say something to me. Um, but 20-something, no, not not like outspoken on public verbally. Um, like, and I know, because I'm 26, so like, I, I, I wouldn't do that. None of my peers would. Um, not from what I've experienced, but if it was discussed, then their opinions and what how they feel would then come out, but not on the street like and that. what do you but, think of people who call you names like moron, slut, <laughs> fat, the W-H-O-R-E I, word? I don't, I don't try and think about them. <laughs> um, do you, but do you, ever, do you ever respond to them? No, no, because every time it happens, I'm, I'm in such shock. Um, and the, the gentleman on the street, he was trying to approach me and I simply just asked, look, get away from me. I don't want anything to do with you. I'm not a very uh, aggressive type of person, so I wouldn't even, I don't do well in confrontation, even in public and even if it's targeted right at me. I would not, I would not get into a fight or anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. But like, if it, you know, if it did get to the point, obviously I just call the guards and hope that, they would be, they'd come out soon enough to help me with the situation. But you're one in the restaurant who, who shouted at you, you. Yeah. If you weren't a person of colour, you think she wouldn't have spoken to you that way? She wasn't speaking to anybody else in that manner. Nobody else. And she had a lot of different waiters and waitresses coming up to her table. The only difference is I am the only person of colour in that workplace. Okay. Okay. And do any of it? Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. No. Go ahead. No. Okay. I was. I was just walking past the table to to fulfil my duties because I'm. I'm actually not a waitress. I. I have different duties, so I can't really serve tables. Um. Yeah. So you can't. You can't say to somebody, "Excuse me now, um, but this is my workplace." You can't talk to me like that, or you need to be more. You know, more polite, or that's very. That's that's not the way to address somebody. No? Well, I know in the service industry, it's very it, it can be very um, delicate because if you approach customers and try and talk talk to them about that, they they would make a formal complaint or it would kind of create more of. Um, I don't know about that. I, I don't know. I would like to think that you know your manager or your work colleagues would support you in this. Maybe maybe it's maybe it's a fear in our in Ireland that. You know, right. you'd get into trouble, but but like, you know, overseas. I mean, certainly in maybe in America or Canada, like staff wouldn't tolerate that from a customer. Nor would yeah, management. No. You'd be they'd be asked to leave. Yeah, no, I I think the same way would be from back home for me in London as well. Would it be the same? You you just would not yeah. tolerate that. No, not at all. No, um, I think that there's just I'm finding anyway. There's a lack of support. For, for this movement in, in Ireland. I'm not really experiencing people going, I'm standing with you. I'm not experiencing anybody saying to me, look, if that happens again, I'm for you. Tell me who it is and I will kick that customer out. I'm not experiencing any of this. I've had one or two people say it to me, but on a general, it's just kind of, they don't want to talk about it. They, they don't want to know about it. They want to run away. Yeah, a lot of the those that were negative towards Black Lives Matters was on a number of different levels. One was, of course, that you know what happened to George Floyd was in America, a long way away, nothing to do with us. And then there was all of the different protests and gatherings, and people weren't uh, observing physical distancing. They didn't have masks yeah. on. That yeah. annoyed people, you know. Yeah, yeah, 
which is not okay because, you know, we need to do everything correctly with, with a mask. Um, and it, it aggravates me as well because I have health conditions, so I'm, I'm, I'd protest masks sooner mm. <laughs> right now. Mm. Um, so, so are you on alerts then when you're out or even at work all of the time? Oh, yes. Recent, since, since those three experiences, yes. Um, like the, the, the other day, the guys from work were going to get one drink because we had to close the restaurant early um, to do a bit of renovating and I couldn't go with them because I was, I was so anxious and I knew that the whole night I'd be thinking, who else has it out for me right now? Who's going to target me today? What am I going to receive? Um, am I going to go home crying? Have you gone home crying? Oh, multiple times. So many times. Like I was I was crying in work from the man on the street. Um it like people don't understand how, how much it hurts. Do you know, I I don't understand their motivation for it, whether it be racism, whether they're just angry and they wanna go for whatever weakness they see. But um it yeah, it it hurts really bad. What are you gonna do? I don't know. Keep calm, carry on and find those that um, do support me and keep them close. Um, I think it's sad that a 20-something can't go out for a drink or a bit of fun with her friends, though. Yeah, for the moment anyway, just because I don't know recently. It's just, it's really, really kicking off for me personally. Um, People are a lot edgier, aren't they, over the last few months as well, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, See, maybe it's taken less to set them off. Right, yeah, I feel that way as well, which is why, like, I, you know, I am giving, you know, that two-meter distance because I know some people are more relaxed with it and I'm really not. And then, you know, it's just it's just our new respect. But I feel like some people don't understand that. Right, man. <laughs> I know. I think, well, it's good to talk to you about these things because it, it hopefully would help to get more people to cop on when they hear stories like it. Megan's and they hear of how the effect on it, uh, the effect mm-hmm. that it has on your life and how it upsets yeah. you and how, how you're nervous going about your... Right. No, this should be the happiest time of your life, you know? Right, yeah, because it's not far away. It's not, it's, and it's not like in the past. It's not, it's today, it's in right in the city. It's happening all the time and it's right in public so there there is a need for more support in in the movement for for this country um and i know i'm not the only one to say that and experience what i've experienced and i've i've experienced very minor slurs on the street in comparison to what i've heard or seen um, you think that there's others suffering harder, more, more is there? Uh, yes, okay. I do. Okay. Um, I think in, I really have the opinion that um, in the team group, there can be a lot of, oh, do you know, how they like click with themselves. They would out-click a person of colour and they wouldn't really talk to them or bond with them or... Um, hang out with them at all. Um, so, so, if, so for instance, black teens would be ostracized from friends in school or whatever and then would have to form their own group of friends and then you'd have... I was. I was. Um, in secondary school. And again, I, I went to an all-girls school and I was the only person, again, of colour in my year. Yeah. 
um, and I was purposely not made to be friends with, and I was purposely not like invited to events. Um, but there probably uh, was only one person that was was driving that agenda, was it? And others right, were yeah. then afraid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. It's, I know. it's the leader and the, and then the sheep following. Um, but yeah, I think it's I, fair. I think it's very sad that. You know, your life would be dictated by the colour of your skin. I hope people, you know, in conversations like this would, you know, those that maybe aren't right. thinking straight should cop on a bit, you know? Right, right. No, of, of course, because we're, we're in such a moment of recognising that everybody is who they are and that it's okay for them to be who they are. So long as they're not harming another, just allow them to be. So they... I don't. I don't understand why it's not okay for biracial and mixed race people and black people to just be without without getting racial abuse. Basically, hundred percent agree. Yeah. Listen, thanks so much for taking the call. Okay. This may make a difference, but uh, look after yourself. All right, feel free to stay yeah. in touch. Thank you so All much. All the best. Cheers for now. Bye. Take care. Thanks, Megan. Text 0868-104-106. Back after the break. Talk to Neil Prenderville now. 1851-04-106. Red FM. In case people forget, um, Phil Hogan, Neil, was an arrogant man when he rammed the water meters and charges down our throats and then fecked off to Europe. He is still an arrogant you-know-what, thinking he's above us all. Um, he's just an arrogant frontman. His PAs and advisors probably do any of the real work that he purports to do. That's an interesting perspective, wasn't it? Phil Hogan said, if you don't pay your water charges, we'll turn the water down to a trickle. Um, anyway, we know now that he's gone. Just to be clear, without casting judgment, uh, removing Phil Hogan will lead to his replacement now being appointed from another EU nation, not Ireland. People seem to think it would be up to us to replace him or that Leo will get his job. This is not how the European Commission operates. Ireland will lose. I'm sick of hearing about Phil Hogan. Getting Hogan's scalp won't do anything for the normal people who are trying to get businesses back up and running. It's a game politicians play. This benefits nobody. Um, Mind you, Jim says it's not just Hogan should be gone. All the rest of them should go as well. It's jobs for the boys. It's the attitude of get in, take what you can, leave the mess behind you. God knows what it's costing us to keep the COVID-19 panel that's supposed to be saving our country. It's more than likely the government are all double jobbing and getting paid twice. To sum it up, once they get in, it's a case of ask not what you can do for your country, but what you can accumulate from your country. Shame on them all. I'm sick of the lot of them, uh, says Jim. Uh, don't forget, Phil Hogan was an arrogant man. Oh, yeah, I just did that one in my apologies. Oh, and then there's a few then on Jerry Bottomer. Uh, no one could shut Jerry Bottomer up. Uh, in the run-up to the last election. Now he doesn't want to speak. People like Jerry Bonomer seem to have a sense of self-importance that in these uncertain times, uh, it's a slap in the face to the people of our country. If those who attended this golf dinner had any sense of basic human decency, they would all resign. Um, Another one from Dex says, Jerry Bonomer should resign forthwith from the Senate instead of hoping that the spotlight on Phil Hogan continues so that he can stay low, uh, lay low. Shame on those who attended that dinner. Uh, Jerry Bottomer is scared, says Gary. It just shows the complete arrogance and elitism of these people. They're flouting the rules. It's a father Ted government, says he. Uh, I think that Jerry Bottomer probably feels as if a juggernaut has rolled over his body. Uh, but he may well talk. He may well decide when he's uh, fit and ready to do so uh, and in a position to talk. 
Uh, the invitation is always there. Text 0868104106. I mentioned there earlier on for fear or forget weddings. So the wedding's got to be over uh, by half past 11, right? You're going to 50 people. That's the cap. So depending on the number of bar staff and serving staff, it means that a couple can now expect to have a maximum of, say, 44 guests at the wedding. It's a story from The Sun this morning. They're saying that guests arriving at the wedding venue must wear masks and the mask at the wedding can only be removed once you're sitting at your table. Um, you know, with the, in, the, in the past, they had floral arrangements and candles uh, on the tables. Now hotels are being asked to consider providing hand sanitizers as unique centerpieces. So no flowers, but maybe a very, very pretty hand sanitizer centerpiece instead. All of the staff will wear face coverings during the meal service. Uh, there'll be no, I know I dealt with this before, there'll be no shared vegetables or gravy boats. Uh, salt and pepper shakers, all gone. Butter dishes, all gone. I think they're, they're, giving, they're giving out little sashes now and stuff like that. And then um, there'll be no self-service for those of you not good enough to go to the main event. Um, you know, where, you know, you could just go up and help yourself in the afters to a plate of Sambos or Bickies. Big changes there. And the late night session in the bar, all gone. Everybody out by 11.30. Probably will mean that weddings will start that little bit earlier. To get a better run at the day, I suppose. Anyway, back to the phone lines we go. Sally, good morning. Morning, Neil. Yesterday we were talking about cowboys. Uh, this is a, a character who went up on the roof of uh, a lady's house took 1,500 euro out of her to fix a leak, may have replaced two slates, we're not sure. Leak is still there, and he's legged it. And she got him on, um, she got him on Facebook. That was, that was Megan's call. And now she has a 1,500 euro loan to the credit union. Were you caught by something similar? Well, when you put it at five cost, I actually found him on, uh, I googled roofers in Cork, Found this man. I, I asked for a quote from a few people. He was the one that got back to me. So I thought, okay, he's local. We'll take him. So he came. He was the first, or the seven. was he the first to come back, or the only one to come back? He was the only one to come back. Good God! That's so about turning said, away business. Yeah, I said, well, now that was nice. But he came to the house. Very, very pleasant man. Um, he told us what he'd do. I showed him my neighbour in the back. I said, would it be similar to that? And he said, yes. What did you want doing? Home. I wanted new gutters. And the, you know the gable end of your health to fascia? Yeah. It's like a, a, a wooden panels, plastic. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Narrow yes. panels. Yeah. yeah, I said, that's what I need. Is that what it will look like? Yes, it will. No problem. But he suggested I went for black. I said, that's fine. Black, black is good. So I waited. <laughs> that was the 9th of July. And I waited. And eventually. Of course, I paid him that day, Neil. The first mistake. How much? I'm 2,400. Why did you do that? Did you come down in the last shower or what? I know. And I'm very savvy about these things. But listen, there we were, myself and my husband, pensioners. I'm not that bad at having to do it. But uh, I said... Look, we'll pay him now and we guess over it and he'll be here and we'll get it all done. <laughs> Idiot. And what okay, kind well. of story did he come up with that made you part with two and a half grand? Well, that's the price. And um, he But did he ask for the money up front? He did. Well, no, actually, Neil, I'm not sure whether we just said we'll pay him or whether he asked for it, but he got it. But I'd, we'd done a money transfer 
right? But we got no receipt, but that never came. And then I kept asking for the contract. I have all these on te- on text. And he said, could you send me your details again so I can send the contract off? He never did. So I chased him and chased him. And uh, eventually they came. After how long? Uh, the 20, uh, nearly three weeks. Right. Okay. And they put up these lovely uh, sh- shoots and put their, oh, took down all the old ones, left them at the side of my house. Uh, this went on anyway. I had chased him and chased him every day that nobody would come. I'd ring where the man, their car broke down, I don't know how many times. Oh, they'd kind uh, of start and then disappear kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, an hour or two here or there, you know. Anyway, up they went and I saw no more of them. <laughs> one of the downpipes at the side of the house was halfway up the wall so I rang again and I said look would you come and finish it and eventually I was actually losing sleep mail at this stage I was so angry with myself for paying him and tormented so <laughs> May this year that was July last year yeah last year so <laughs> in, in the middle of the lockdown anyway the lads said they'd come to the garden and talk through the door to us. And it was, uh, uh, the rain came and Niagara Falls came out off my roof, oh, which it had been doing. Yeah. A watch what job. Had happened Cowboy was, job. <laughs> they put up, you know, the downpipe. Yeah. Nothing comes out of that. It goes to the other side and it pours out. <laughs> so yeah. there yeah. was, that. so everyone had to leave. I got so angry. I sent him off a big long text to, uh, in anger to say you made a worse job than the old pipe and I should have left it as it was and thanks to you and your botched thing I can't even see my family that was really in anger now but uh, anyway going on at that stage May I gave up I said forget it I'm losing sleep over this guy I'll try and get someone to fix it did you? I didn't yet, but I, I'll have to get the money together for that. So you've had a but, uh, few storms between now and then, and lots of heavy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Sure, had great. So uh, sitting in my kitchen watching Niagara Falls coming down my walls. Unbelievable. <laughs> I know. You, at this stage now, when I decided that was enough, I couldn't deal with this man anymore. I could see the funny side. Like, who would put a shoot up the wrong way so the water poured out? <laughs> <laughs> it's an awful relief, lot. It's you know? an awful lot of money. I mean, like it is. You know, unfortunately, oh, now yeah. there's going to be texts saying you deserve it because you paid up front and you googled them. I know. You know, you never pay for something. You, there might be, uh, you know, some excuse to pay yeah. a deposit for parts or something, or for yeah. you know, to buy oh, the product. I, wait, I tell you another funny one. My husband went up onto the roof and said, "Maybe be able to fix it." Right. So up he went on the ladder, and the, one of the there's two two shoots right. One that kind of splits in the middle and comes over because we have a peculiar roof. And he said, "Oh, he said there's nothing going into this shoot." He said, it's "Full of cobwebs." <laughs> so it's all it was old stuff. No, no, it just not what. Oh, nothing had ever. Yeah, and when he went up there, nothing yeah. had ever. Yeah. yeah, no, I understand. This guy is a cowboy, and you and you didn't get a receipt, oh. and you didn't. You did, no. Probably didn't have a company name. He just had an ad on on. on well, Google I have, or Facebook. I have a company name. Yeah. 
right. Well, let's company let's, name and let, address and right. everything. You know, but uh, anyway, listen. I I learned a good lesson, Neil. And that I lesson is what? Never, never pay never up front. Pay up. And always yeah. try and get a referral, you know, somebody who has had work done by somebody else in the past, you know? I know, I know, but you look at I was looking for someone, people weren't working. And we've been, we've been calling that company on your behalf over and over and over, no answer, no answer. No, well, I wouldn't name anybody. No, but if we get an answer from him, it would be interesting to have a chat with him. It would, wouldn't it? All right. Okay, Sally, cheers. Thanks. Thanks a lot, Neil. Bye-bye. James Ahern says, regarding the woman on air yesterday was talking about bad builders and botched jobs. You, Neil, made a comment that you should never hire someone off Facebook. Please note, a lot of builders use Facebook as a platform to advertise. Maybe not to get work, but it does allow the clients to see some of our work. Giving builders on Facebook a bad name is not fair on the rest of us that use it. We have a Facebook page ourselves and it's like everything. People just have to be careful who they hire. Uh, Also, if your house is insured, most policies have home assist built in. That's like AA for the home. We do a lot of this here in the city. That kind of work. Love the show. Keep up the good work, says James O'Hearn. Noted, noted. Thank you. The Neil Prenderville Show on Twitter at Neil Red FM. This is Gas. Have a listen to this. Pat, good morning. Neil, how are you keeping? The ship was lost for a hapeworth of tar. Did you ever hear that one? I did. I can tell you one thing, by They say they come in three. <laughs> for us, they came in sixes. What happened? First of all, Neil, uh, three of our bottom stairs in the house collapsed, so we had to get a carpenter out. He was brilliant. Spent about eight hours in the house doing everything. Just about to leave, he had to put something in at the end of the stairs, so he hit a wire. He was so, putting, he was screwing something in, yeah. Yes, but, yeah, but he hit a wire, Neil, and I thought he was dead, but he wasn't. So the house. Did blew, he get a so shock? He did, Neil. He did. He did, boy. He did. Thank God we had the house done four years ago because the guy said to me, addition, that if the screw had gone another centimetre, he'd be going out in a coffin. Go away, really? Yeah, seriously, Neil, seriously. I got a fright, by. So the electrician came. He had to be paid his fees. That's not a bother. So thanks very much. Why did he blow everything? He did? He did, Neil. He right. did, boy. Okay. Did. You, know, right. the, yeah. you know about the carpenter was safe, and that was the main thing. Okay, honest. fair yeah, enough. So then from the carpenter oh. to the electrician, right? And then the electrician to the plumber last Friday week came down a half seven to have a cup of tea, and there I could see the water in the kitchen. So that wasn't the carpenter's fault, though, was it? No, no, <laughs> but I'm not finished yet. So after that, the friend came, the plumber fixed everything. Thanks very much, Paul. It's a, you're a gentleman. There's a few bobby upset. So last Saturday morning, out for the walk, they all came back, put the key in the door, key snapped. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan Canines quarter to one he said I'd be out of quarter to one very good company Canines came out to me sir thanks very much there's your money there's a few bucks yourself watching the television Saturday night <laughs> television was three I'm not smoking I tell you I mean, my wife calls me Faulty Towers she's like <laughs> you live in Faulty Towers <laughs> you're Basil Faulty <laughs> my wife lived in the car and I lived in the house <laughs> So we were sitting down watching the television, Neil. <laughs> television blue. <laughs> Philip's television. Three years old. Three Actually, it was three years and two months old because I had the receipt got on, so I'm sorry we can't do it because it's, out, it's two months out of work. <laughs> oh, God, I'm sure they put, they put timers in those televisions, you know. 
you Two months out of the warranty and the timer goes off and the television goes kaput. Just like the magician, you know, the magician that do the trick and you see the smoke coming out. Oh, there was actual fire came out of it. There was, there was smoke in that, and I was very worried about that, that, that there could be a fault with the model, the make, you know what I'm saying? So like the Pope, you know, when the, when the Pope comes along there and Pope and the white smoke comes out the chimney. <laughs> so, the funny thing is, last Sunday, we were doing all the garden, my wife loves garden, I helped surf, blah, blah, blah. Just finished the hedge, lovely hedging and trimming. Next, the streamer's blue. The streamer? Blue. What do you mean blue? More fire, more smoke. Just smoke came out of it. You know you're supposed to put petrol and oil in those, you know, that kind of a mix anyway. Right. Well, ours is ours, is ours, and me, believe it or not, I bought a television and the swimmers. That again was two months out of things. So that was my RD. We had six things in four weeks. But <laughs> as, as we say in car, nobody died. <laughs> the, electri- the electrician nearly died. When I, t- just, I tell you, when I, when I saw his bill, I nearly died. But come here, how much was that television? 399 euros, Neil. That's a bargain TV, though. I mean, you know, buy cheap, repent at leisure. Ah, well, Neil, just Philips now wasn't cheap. Well, it was a special offer. It was 150 off the Menardus, so that was 549. I got it for 399. What make was it? Philips. Oh my God, they make super stuff. What's going yeah, on? Yeah, absolutely. Got on to them, sent them on everything, came back to me, rang me, emailed me, they said, because you're two months out of warranty. And I said to the gentleman, I said, can you just please check the model number, blah, 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 because I don't have somebody going to bed leaving the TV on standby. And if this blew up, that's all I said to him. And I actually need, I bought a new Philips TV on Monday in Argus. I've been down to Argus. So, so the other one was a complete write-off. You just... Oh, re- it was gone, Neil. You couldn't. It was just blue by just... Do you know what? The dog even jumped. We got a fright. I tell you, I'll be honest with you now, and I, I, I wouldn't go to electric, Neil. We got a fright, Neil. We, we genuinely got a fright. So, in your case, things came in sixes. Sixes, Neil, between the carpenter, between, I tell you, between the carpenter, the plumber, the electrician, Colleen's were burning the TV and things. And, every, and actually, Neil, I have all the receipts, and I have to say, the TV and the swimmers were three months, three years. Two, see, I took them out for two years, but I paid an extra 15 euros to guarantee them, just in case anything happened. So you've taken out extra insurance this I time. I did. <laughs> and the house insurance does not cover, cover the plumbing because of the pipes. But it does cover the work that the man done, but there's an excess of 300 euros. Oh, there's always a catch with insurance policies. Yeah, but I didn't, and, I, and I said to my friend Paul, I said, no, Paul, that, that's the bill. I said, there's your money. I so, rang the back and said, I'm sorry, it didn't cost more than 300 euros. I said, I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't do that to anybody. No, I, I know, I know, I know, I know. Great story, though. Um, happy, ti- happy times and faulty towers. Appreciate the call. Happy? Thanks, Pat. Thanks, Neil. Good Cheers. Bye. Actually, we're starting a new campaign now with Guaranteed Irish. It's so important at this, t- this time, if at all possible, that as many people get behind the G and support local. They sent me some paperwork on it yesterday and they have 1,200 plus homegrown and multinational businesses based in Ireland and at this time we need to be supporting Irish as best we can. Guaranteed Irish never went away, you know. It's been around for 50 years now and their job is to ensure that Guaranteed Irish stays around for the next 50 years. But, you know, particularly at this time, if you can buy local at all or support Irish companies and more to the point, car companies, the better. I mean, it's fair enough to say that many of the overseas companies employ Irish staff and Cork staff, I get that, but if at all possible, wouldn't it be great to be supporting Cork businesses with Cork staff? Do you know what I mean? So they're starting a new campaign now across all radio, but particularly here 
uh, on Red FM. It's called the Zero Miles Campaign, where they're asking, Guaranteed Irish are asking people to prioritise local suppliers, um, you know, because they're, you know, you'll be showcasing, they want to showcase the dedication of local producers from right across. They give examples then of the likes of Ballymaloo, Clonakilty Black Pudding, the Musgrave Company and things like that. Uh, they, the companies that are under the Guaranteed Irish umbrella have over 100,000 people employed and they turn over 11 billion and then they export nearly 30 billion overseas. So it's incredible. Now, I was telling you during the week that unemployment now is just under 23%. So it's kind of important at this time. But one of the most astonishing facts that they sent me was that more than two-thirds of the 5 billion euro that Irish consumers spend online each year disappears overseas, you know? Um, so that would be in and around 3.5 billion overseas. And they also say that for every 100 euro spent in the local economy, it's actually worth 500 euro because the money circulates locally. Uh, I think that's incredible. So, you know, if at all possible, look out for the G um, and uh, try and support it if at all possible. Job done. Lines open at one eight fifty one zero four one zero six. Sorry, Mary, I'll come back to you after 10. The Neil Prenderville Show. With Tesco. Save time and shop online. Simply log on to tesco.ie. A lot of sport has been paused or cancelled in the US. Rory was talking about it there with regards to the NBA. Tennis has also paused in New York. They have the Cincinnati Open on at the moment which precedes the U.S. Open. Nothing's been cancelled. They've just paused tennis. It all has to do with the um, man who was shot in the back seven times, what I call Jacob Blake, black man, shot in the back by a police officer in Wisconsin. Um, the officer fired his weapon seven times, hitting Mr. Blake in the back. There was no other officer discharging their weapons, but of course it's led to all sorts of problems and anger and upset and rioting and trouble in Wisconsin now. Uh, and it all has to do, of course, with, uh, you know, issues in America regarding race. Lines open at one eight fifty one zero four one zero six. 104 Meanwhile, it'd be interesting to get a teacher's perspective on the return to school, I believe. Listen to a show yesterday while I was organizing my classroom. I'm a primary school teacher in a large suburban school for over 20 years. We have been working to get all plans in line with Neffet's advice. We, we are ready and it's now showtime. All I heard from your guests on air was worry and whining. What is wrong with people? The children will be absolutely fine. They're the most adaptable little things, little beings going. The issue now is they're listening to their obsessed parents <coughs> ranting and raving to all and sundry. And it will, and probably has, cause the children worry and alarm. Remember, monkey see, monkey do. Schools will be drilling and driving the wash your hands, maintain social distancing rule. They will mix only with their own classroom. Most schools that I know will continue to let students play away as normal in the yard, in a specific area for each class. It will become the new norm. They will adapt because children can and do all of the time. We, the teachers of the country, have so much work to do now. All we ask of parents is to stop with the nonsensical dramatics about the finer details of our new safety measures. We will take very good care of your children. My personal advice to parents would be to flip the script on this coronavirus thing. Remember, this is the most historical world event to happen in your child's life to date. It will go down in history along with 9-11, world wars, the great Irish famine, or indeed any of the world famines. Yes, history isn't always pleasant, 
but it is fascinating. You should be telling your children how unique a time this is. It's a time to make the most unique and bizarre memories of school uniforms with face masks, social distancing, bottles of sanitizers hanging off school bags. Make a time capsule that they can then one day hand down to their grandchildren. Keep newspaper clippings now. Keep a diary. Bring back the wonder and innocence to their faces. We're adults. We take the worry and we hide it from our children. My grandfather died at 104 years of age. He passed all his wonderful treasures down from the time of the 1916 rising to us. I treasure them. I bring them to school every year to show my sixth class and they love it. Nothing sparks more enthusiasm from my students like the weeks we learn about the foundation of the Irish state. This is history we're going through. Your children are living and learning in real time. Please, parents, I beg you, calm down. Monkey see, monkey do. Best regards to everyone for a happy and productive school year with no school closures. Thank you for that. Uh, Obviously, you asked me not to give out your details or the school, and I will oblige you in that regard. But um, primary school teachers, uh, outlook and perspective on things. Uh, Are we heading into another lockdown? Uh, it's becoming more and more likely as the days go by and the numbers come in and that's what we've been warned overnight now by the health minister and senior medics in Neffet be very 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 bad news if we go back to the way we were in March and April lines open on that though 1-850-104-106 back to the phones we go Mary thanks for holding good morning good morning Neil how are you I'm well now uh, again we're back to uh, fellas that you get in to do work on the house or the roof or the garden or what have you. What happened? Well, um, we had a large extension built onto our house 10 years ago and um, about two years ago we noticed that the flat was seemed to be in a bit of difficulty. Now we had had a previously very harsh winter and a very, very uh, hot summer so we felt that maybe that was the cause for the cracking in the top of the roof. So we asked our original builder to come back up and examine it for us, which he did, and he recommended a roofer to come and repair it for us. Now, they met in our house. They discussed what needed to be done. My builder said, look, this guy will look after you. He'll do the job and he'll look after you with the price. So I said, great, thank you. Wait, wait a second. How old was the job? Um, well, the roof had been put up eight years previously. Oh, he, the original builder did it eight eight years earlier? Yes. And normally a flat roof should last you about 20 years. So there's no kind of lifetime warranty or guarantee or anything like that, No. No, I mean, most flat roofs would generally last 20 years. Like, you do need to maintain them, and we had been doing that. You have to put in some kind of silver paint to reflect the heat, etc., etc. But we reckoned that the very harsh winter and the very hot summer the previous year had had impacted on us, so that's why we invited Well, my point is, it was it wouldn't have been fair of you to ask him to come back and rectify it, no? Oh, no, no, we just wanted him to come back and have a look at it and, and re- recommend okay. to us something, what we could do with it. That I, know, I, I just think that many would be kind of annoyed that eight years after a big job like that, uh, that it was all wasn't right, you know. But anyway, you, you, you were okay with it. No, he, uh, we have no difficulty with our original builder. A very decent, honest gentleman, I have to say. In any event, he recommended this guy. He came up. He had a look at the roof. They discussed what needed to be done. He told me he would look after on price. He went away off. I said, thank you very much. The new builder, then the roofer, he was, that was his specific function, um, 
said to me that he could either do a patch job or a patch repair job and it would be 1500 or he could do a full complete recovering and that would be 3000 Now, I'm not afraid to spend my money. I want the job to be done right and I didn't want to be revisiting the situation two or three years later. So I said, thank you very much. I will have a full recovery done. Thank you. Okay. So he okay. came and he did the work and I think he put down liquid asphalt is what he put down. Um, I never got a receipt and I never chased it up to be honest with you because I trusted my builder that if he'd been recommended by my builder he must be okay and I never thought any more about it but six months after the original or after the repair work was done I happened to look out in the flat and I was horrified to see cracks in it bubbling in it it really looked horrendous so I rang him and he never took my call I sent him photographs and WhatsApp and said I think I have a serious problem you need to come and look at this Eventually, about a month later, he, he dignified me with a visit and said, oh, yeah, that's no problem. I can repair that. Wouldn't worry about it. Uh, he was to come and he never came. I kept sending him messages and photographs. He still never came. I really got a bit peed off at this stage. And eventually I went looking for him and I felt there's something not quite right here. And I was on the money. I checked out his company. His company is registered to an address in Black Rock. He states on his company website that he is home bond approved. I rang home bond approved. Bear in mind now, don't go any further than BlackRock on identifying who this character is. No, I'm not going to name the company. I checked with home bond approved and they confirmed to me that he is not a member of home bond approved. He also states on his website that he is a member of the Master Craftsman's Guild. He is not. And I again checked with them to see was he and I was told he's not. He doesn't have his company registered. He doesn't have his back number displayed. And he uses a virtual office as his office, not an actual genuine address. And his vehicle is registered to a made-up address, not an actual address. Good God. I mean, is there any laws broken in all of that? Yes, yes. I tell you now, in relation to the advertising, I've been on to the advertising standards. Uh, Yes, he has broken the law because he doesn't have his back registration number or his company registration number and his advertising. Yes, he has broken the law because he has made statements that that he has certain qualifications that he actually doesn't. Um, yes, in relation to the work done, the work was shoddy. I had an engineer up and two qualified roofing contractors who are both members of the Master Craftsman Scale to examine it. My engineer looked at me incredulously and wanted to know, well, what was that all about? Yeah. Uh, the two roofers who came up to examine it stated, in their opinion, that the work that he did, which was a very poor job, should not have cost me more than a thousand euros. And you paid three grand. Did you yeah. go back to your original builder and say to him, why did you send me Jesse James? I did. And to be truthful, only recently. And the poor man is absolutely and utterly genuinely horrified. He sat in my kitchen here with his head in his hands. He was so upset about it. So this guy's going around. Did you get a receipt with a, a VAT number on I it? I never did. He, he, he told me he would email me a receipt. I gave him my email address. I never got a receipt. But I have my bank records proving that I took out two separate amounts of cash after about the time that the work was done. So I can prove what I paid him. Did you travel to BlackRock to try and eyeball him? <laughs> of course I did. Any luck? Of course I did. No, because under GDPR, they couldn't give me his information. Who couldn't give you his information? The place where he has his virtual office. What's a virtual office, please? A virtual office is, if I'm running a business and I don't want to have to hire a staff to run a, an actual physical office, I can hire the facilities in, I won't say where the place is in Black Rock, 
and basically I pay a fee every month and for that my phones will be answered my Oh yes, there's companies in the city Yeah, I have friends who use those, very effective and efficient, yeah Yeah, Yeah, but it's also a way for people who are dodgy to, to disappear and not be found but it's okay Neil I know exactly where he lives that sounds menacing, Mary. <laughs> yeah, I know exactly where he lives. Um, I am also aware of the fact that he has access to a very expensive vehicle in the region of about €30,000. My strong suspicion is that he hasn't been paying Mr Revenue either. So I'll be only too happy to talk to Revenue about Well, Revenue are very, very keen to talk to people to report incidents like this. In fact, Absolutely. if you go on to revenue.ie or whatever it is... Oh, I know where it is. I know where it is. It's you can click, you, you can exactly click on a specific place and you can... I mean, yeah. some call it whistleblowing and grassing. I don't know what, yeah. what people's thoughts no, no, are on no. that. It's but called paying your, it's paying your due taxes. Thank you very much. And the did other you, aspect of this is that yeah. there is an aspect of fraud to it because he has done work which is not only substandard but is not what he stated he was going to do. He quoted 3000 to me to do a fiberglass roof. That's not what I got. He gave me liquid asphalt. And his excuse, and I have letters from him because I have emailed him since, his excuse was, well, no, you didn't want to do the more expensive job. You wanted the cheaper job. Yeah, no, that wasn't now, the case. He's admitted that the work was shoddy. He's admitted that he should have come up to repair it. He's admitted that, look, I'll pop up next week. I said, no, you won't. I said, I know what my rights are under the Consumer Act. I'm entitled to three things. I'm entitled to a repair to my satisfaction. That ship has sailed. I'm entitled to um, a full uh, re-job done. I'm not interested in you. Or I'm entitled to a full refund. I have a full refund. Thank you very much. And what do you say to that? Um, well, I messaged him last week and I said, you know, full refund. We've gone down this road. I'd like your response by the end of the week. That was the end of last week. And I haven't heard from him since. Yeah. Have you told him that you're going to get onto revenue on the matter? It's not a guard no, a matter. Sure, sure, it's not. It's not a guard a matter. It is, it is a guard a matter. Is it? It's an aspect of fraud to it. If he has said, I'm going to give you... Uh, a blue roof with pink stripes and you don't get a blue roof with pink stripes that's fraud I just wouldn't have thought that the guards would be all that interested in examining people's roofs are they they? are there's a group I don't know if you've ever heard of a group called the Bally Spillane Gang they're from Killarney they're um, of an ethnic minority we won't go there in any event they do a lot of this kind of cold calling to older people vulnerable people and say oh missus your tile is missing off your roof I'll fix that for you Yeah. by the time they finish coming down off the roof it's now going to cost you 6,000 and they literally take it to the bank to get the money that's fraud because they are not capable of doing the work the work is not done to anybody's standards it's fraud that's exactly what happened on the air yesterday morning it was 1,500 euro where a loan had to be taken out in the credit union he seems to have crossed the wrong guy or the wrong girl in this one it'd be interesting to see what happens as an update put it to this way watch this space I'll have an answer to my problem by the end of next week Okay, well, do come back to me then. Can I just also just just mention this? Everybody should get more than one quote for a job. You, you realise that? Like, you need to get more. Because otherwise I you're think... just taking somebody's word on the amount. Oh, you are. But, I mean, in my situation, because my builder, who would have done the original work, got this guy up, I had no reason to think that he wasn't kosher or that he wasn't going to do a good job. Well, that's a good answer. You're right in that regard. To be honest, and I'll be very honest with you. My builder was an absolutely fantastic guy, as honest as the day is long. And you know yourself, Neil, there aren't too many of those out there. Ah, well, in all fairness, there are. But usually we just hear of the negative stories. I just, I'm just yeah. slightly worried that your original honest builder didn't know anything about this cowboy's carry-on. 
He did, to be fair to him. When he knew I was looking for him, he rang him. When I rang my builder recently to say, look, we have a problem with our roof, he immediately rang the contractor that he got up the roof for and he refused to take his call. He wouldn't answer him. All right, well, now he knows. He knows knows now. But he knows already there's a problem and he just hasn't done done the right thing about it. Okay, well, do let me know. know. I think the word word I would use to describe him is he's a shyster. Isn't that it? That's it, yeah. 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 A shyster is right. Come back to me when you have an update, all right, Mary? Boy, and I'm coming for him. <laughs> okay, riding into town. <laughs> Lovely to talk to you, Neil. Take care now. Mary's riding into town, six guns at the ready. Back after the break. This is the Neil Prenderville Show. Tweet the show at Neil Red FM. 104 to 106 Red FM. Been confirmed to me now that there will be a by-election if uh, Simon Coveney goes to Europe. We'll be looking at a uh, by-election in Cork, South Central. Um, I'm not saying for sure that he is the one that's going to take Phil Hogan's job. There's another two or three in the mix. And again, it might be down to maybe he mightn't want uh, with the family and children and, uh, you know might want to stay in Irish politics and wouldn't want to be travelling as much as you would have to as a EU commissioner, but we'll have to see. They're also talking about Enda Kenny, actually, the possibility of him taking taking Hogan's job. So it's all up in the air at the moment. But certainly, uh, if uh, Simon Coveney does take the job or gets the job or whatever happens, there'll be a by-election. So that would be quite interesting because I'd say Fianna Gael will feel the pinch. Certainly Fianna Fáil will feel the pinch um, in a South Central by-election. And it could be an opportunity, say, for Sinn Féin, uh, to actually put up a candidate in that by-election and take two seats in Cork South Central. So that's just interesting as a by-the-way. Okay, I'll come back to emails and texts again in a few minutes. I was busy with phone calls this morning, as always. Linda, good morning. Good morning, Neil. How uh, and are you? Your, your, your situation is somewhat similar to Mary, who was just on the air. Is that right? Oh, God, you're talking about the House of Horrors. Do you ever see the money pit with Tom Hanks? That's what it is. <laughs> Are we talking upwards of uh, 30K, 30,000? Well, yeah, between 20 and 30 grand. And how did it all start? Well, it all started when I bought a house. Uh, there was nothing needed doing in it, really. Only it did need heating badly, right? Because an old house. So um, I... Got a few, well, two fellas came in to, to give me a price on it, two local lads. And um, one said I'd have to get a bigger stove because it wasn't big enough. Where did you find these fellas? There. You know, how did you... Um, well, it's word of mouth in, in the local area where I live. Okay. Recommended. Okay, okay. And, uh, that's a good way to go, actually, to be honest with you. That's probably well, the best really calling. Neil, yeah. But not in this case, unfortunately. But um, anyway, this fella, anyway... Came in three times, had a good look around, gave me a price. I was happy enough with it. Do you mind me asking uh, what that price was? The price was five, five, six or five eight, right? To 5,600, 5,800, yeah. okay. To install a stove, 13 kilowatt mulberry stove, uh, connected to rads and that, like, you know, there was a pump stove. And, um, he said he'd do, he do. He told me his father was a builder, and I had no reason to disbelieve him because he'd been recommended to me. He was well known in the town where I live, and um, his father was a builder, and he did the chimney work. Your man did the plumbing. The father was the builder, as I said, and he did the chimney work, and that would all be covered in the in the price. The grand while he was he priced and all to um, when they put a bathroom suite in the back bedroom and to put a new set of sanitary wear in a, an existing small 
bathroom. Oh, all of this was for five and a half grand kind of thing? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I know what you're going to say it to me now when I tell you the rest is too good to be true. And it was, but anyway, there you go. Um, so anyway, I'm not so sure that it's five and a half grand. It's a lot of money. I don't know whether it is, it's too good to yeah. be true. I mean, is this, well, this is a stove or is it a boiler? Uh, it's a stove with a boiler. In the kitchen, is it? In the kitchen, that's okay. right. But it would heat the whole house with the radiators. Okay, but they weren't you putting know, in radiators. Or they were just putting in a stove boiler. Uh, oh, no, they were putting the radiators as well. Oh, okay. Well, then it sounds, yeah, yeah. it's getting better all the time, yeah. Okay, go yeah, ahead. It is, yeah, believe yeah. me, you haven't heard yeah. the rest of us. But anyway, um, well, one thing or another anyway, he got the first instalment, <sighs> €3,000, the end of October, 2012. I didn't see sight nor hair of him until the end of February, even though he's local. I was ringing him, ringing him, texting him, leaving messages. I was getting nothing back. It was only when I said I was going into a solicitor to get my money back that he started hopping to it and making contact. This was in the end of January. Oh, he was starting work and he had been sick and his wife had been sick, the dog had been sick, his mother had been sick. Oh, they were every excuse in the book. And next I went down to the house one day and he had been there. He had a key. He had been there. He had the keys since I gave him the three grand in October. And uh, Neil, from the minute he started, it just went from bad to worse. He was in the house for the best part of 11 months and he installed nothing. So what was he doing for 11 months? He did, I have no idea what he was doing, but he wrecked my house. I paid him four grand to wreck my house. I'm sorry, Neil. It's just so stressful. Four grand. And he wrecked the house. And it can't be lived in. In what way wrecked it? I can't turn the water on. In what way wrecked it? Well, he destroyed the brand new stove. He dry fired the stove. There wasn't a radiator up. He didn't put the rods up until July. He had lit the stove. Completely destroyed it. Dry fired it. Not sure what dry fired means, but it was obviously the wrong thing to do. Okay. It was because there was no water in the system. Oh, my God. Now I know what you mean. So now the stove was kind of like boiling a kettle with no water. The stove. Or running an outdoor engine, running an outdoor engine on a boat out of the water kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Be destroyed. It would just seize up. That's what happened with the stove. And he carried on. He knew what he had done, and he still carried on. Took up floorboards. He did wiring. He did a pipe fitting. All wrong. It all has to come up. I've had an engineering. He came down from Leaflip a few years ago. He did a full report on it. And he couldn't believe what he said was that he had seen bad work that was finished. But he had never seen a job done so badly that it couldn't be finished. It has to be all ripped out. Everything has to be ripped up. And were you living in the house for the 11 no, months? No, 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 no. I wasn't Neil, no. You had to move uh, out? Well, I was living in it, kind of part-time, but I knew coming into the winter, I wouldn't have been able to stay there because there was no heating. It was freezing in there, even the bad day in the summer, it was freezing. I know. And were you alone or were you with family? Or oh, what? yeah, I'm, no, I'm living on my own. But um, you see, Neil, I'd had a settlement for my employer for an injury and I had my old house up for sale and I had bought this one. 
with the award I got for my settlement. And why did you buy this freezing cold house that needed all this work? Well, because I was going to move. That's what I had envisaged. I always, I had, I used, I knew people who had lived in the house years ago. I used to be in out there. There was a family of nuns lived in there. You they liked all, the house, so it was. Oh, just, I loved it. Yeah, I okay. always loved it. Okay. Yeah. And you were willing to put money in into it to make it right. Oh, I was yeah. absolutely. Yes, absolutely. So and after eleven months, did you just throw him out or what? Well, it's like this, Neil. He had all his gear inside in the house. If the house, I think he was just showing it as, using it as a storage facility because he doesn't live in the town where I live. He lives outside at a few miles. And um, it was like a depot for him. He was coming in, he was doing bits and pieces, but he was actually doing all the work in the town where I live. He was doing nothing in my place, but what he did do, he did so badly that it has to be redone. But that's eight years ago. Eight years ago, and it's still the same way, Neil, because I haven't got the money to fix it, and I can't sell it because I won't get anything for it. So why didn't you sue him? Neil, Neil, I tried. I tried, believe me, I tried. But he's in debt up to his doctors. So there's nothing in it to sue him? You'd you'd end up paying your own? Completely pointless. I'd have paid my costs and his. And I still would have got nothing out of it. And did the guards say that it might have been a criminal offence, maybe? No. Well, I went to them, and they they went through everything. They went through all the paperwork, all the texts I have that went between the two of us. Everything. Now, he wasn't paying VAT. There was no VAT number. There was no registration number, nothing. He had told me he was registered, a registered plumber and a master craftsman, but he wasn't. Because I checked. So he wasn't even a qualified plumber. Well, no. Well, he I couldn't have been because he that. wouldn't have done the things he did if he was trained. I don't. Well, he's well able to do the work, Neil. It depends who you are. He's well able to do it. So, what what kind of condition is the house in now? Oh, Neil, the house is completely destroyed. It's totally uninhabitable. I mean, like he left the the um, the waste pipe from the downstairs toilet. He left, he'd taken the toilet out. He was supposed to install a new one that I had bought all the way. Never even installed that in the time he was there. Never and installed anything in the bathroom upstairs. Nothing. It's all just lying there in the packaging as it was the day it was delivered. And are the floorboards all still up and the pipes all there over the place? floorboards out, pipes all over the place. The, and rats got in and let the electric wires. And I've nothing, I have lighting. But there's nothing, no power in the socket. And the, the rats, you have an infestation of rats now? Not now. No, I got rid of them. Do you, do you live in the house? Oh, Jesus, no, Neil. Sure, I can't be lived in but Neil. where do you live now? Well, I live in town. You had to go somewhere in else? The, I Well, no. The house that I was living in originally, I had it up for sale and I had to take it off the market. I know. Because if I had sold it, I'd have been banjacked that I had nowhere to go. And did you get a cost from anybody as to how much it would be to put it all right? Uh, <laughs> I did from the man who um, who surveyed it, the engineer. And at that time, Neil, now you're talking like five years ago, at that stage now, just to do the plumbing alone and to fit a new stove, he was charging that time nearly €15,000. That was just to do that. that so to do all, so to put it all right, is that where the figure of nearly 40,000 comes in, to put your house back no, in? No, no. No, that's for all the tiling that'll have to come that's up. What, that's tiling. what I'm saying, to put everything yeah. right, you're looking at 40 grand. 
Well, I say with inflation and everything, now you're definitely looking at, I was saying a few years ago between 20 and 30, but it's probably over 30 now. And the way prices have risen and everything. And you you wouldn't even be able to sell it as a fixer-upper the way it is now? Oh, Christ me, you must be joking. No way in hell. I'd, I'd have to literally hand over the keys and give it away. I get nothing for it now, the state it's in. Nothing. And, and do you ever nothing. see him, this character? Oh, Neil, he has to pass this house every day. Now, I don't see him every day. He has to pass it on his way into the town where I live. And does he I ever... I see him every day. But if I do see him... Oh, he looked so... He pretended to see me at all. He actually told me at one stage a few years ago that he had never set foot inside my house. Oh, he was never there in the first place, he said? Yeah, he was never there. He denied he ever was in the house? He denied he was ever in the house. How can people live oh. their life like that with <laughs> always looking over their shoulder? Are they ever worried Neil, or stressed? Listen, by this fell of no conscience. You know, I mean, I'm not the only person who's done something like this. To, I'm not the only one. And what are, you, what are you going to do next? Well, I don't know, Neil. I'm just going to have to... I don't know what I'm going to do, to be honest. I mean, I was on with Mick this time last year. No. I mean, I, I just don't have the money to fix the house. It's as simple as that. I don't have it. Are you on a pension? Are you retired? Or are you no, on... I'm, I'm actually on disability. Yeah, so you can't take out a loan to put it right? No. Oh my God, no. I'm paying back a car loan. I, I'm not going to get another loan. Not at all. No way in hell. So, um, I don't know, Neil. I don't know what's going to happen. I'm just going to have to wait and see if something... <sighs> if something well, if the guards can't know? do anything, if he's not worth suing... Um, and you can't get a loan to put it right, what would you get for it if you sold it? And just oh, geez, close the book too. on it. I haven't a notion. I don't know. It'll be interesting, actually, to get someone to go out to have a look. And I've been kind of avoiding it. because I think you should, you know. So upset. I know, but I think you should do that. I think you should get a valuation on it, get an auctioneer out or get an, an assessor to go out and just get an idea as to what it would fetch on the open market and sell the damn thing and be shot of it. Yeah. And put it down to a really bad experience. Yeah. Yeah, you, you but know? you know what? I tell you, even when word of mouth, Neil, and I mean, the, the poor man who recommended him to me. Now, I mean, there were, I went to a few people and they had... I, I don't me, have a whole lot of sympathy. I don't have a whole lot of sympathy for the guy who recommended the character to you, nor do I have a whole lot of sympathy to the builder who recommended this other cowboy to Mary. How in the name of God didn't they know about this guy's track record? Yeah, I know it'd make you wonder all right, but you know what? I mean he oh God, he knew that when he came in and he saw what he left. I mean God almighty. I'm just thinking that time is ticking on that property. Collapsed. I know he did, yeah, but he's not making any difference to putting it right. So this no, as no, time goes no. on, that property's getting worse. My own opinion yeah. for what it's worth yeah. is Get shot of the damn place. Just get rid yeah. of it. Because it's you're carrying it around like a monkey on your back, you know? Yeah, you're right. You're right. Try it try it anyway. See if you can get a price on it and see if it would sell fast as a fixer upper and get rid of the bloody thing. Yeah. Let me know yeah, how you go, all right? Well if the if he's not a mark in court because he hasn't a pot to pee in, and the guards say there's not a criminal offence, I don't know what you know, I don't see if, I think you've run out of options, but you know, that's my that's my thought on it. Let me know what you decide to do, yeah. and d- just do oh. it. Just inquire anyway. I will. I'll take your advice on that, Neil. Definitely. Come back to me, Linda. All right, stay and safe. Thanks a million, Neil. Take All right. care. Very sorry to hear that. Back after the break. Text the Neil Prenderville Show now. Oh eight six eight one zero four one zero six.
Siobhan says by text, I really don't think Simon Coveney will take that job if he's offered it. He wants to stay here and become the leader of Fianna Gael. Thank you for that. Uh, lovely letters came in from Jersline. Actually, it's an email with attachments. Uh, please find attached a heart, dear Neil, please find attached a heartfelt, genuine plea from my granddaughter Millie to Michal Martin to reconsider some of the recent restrictions. Sometimes a genuine, innocent mind makes a lot of sense. She sent it by post to Michal Martin on Wednesday and she sent me a copy of it. It says, Dear Taoiseach, my name is Millie. I'm 12 years old from Inishannon. I know you are busy and you've been trying really hard to fix this big mess our country is in because of the virus. But I think you have made a big mistake with your new rules. You see, my main love in life is sport. During lockdown, me and my brother practiced and practiced from when we could play matches again. And now we can. It now makes me really sad that my granda, who is my number one fan, after my mam, of course, can't come and watch me play like he always did, no matter what. Uh, with your new rules, no one is allowed to come and support us. I really wish you and your team would have another think about this and maybe come up with a better plan says Millie Sline, who plays for Valley Rovers. It's a lovely letter. Thank you for sending it on to me, Jara. Morning to, to Millie. The old Martin should have received that by now. One wonders whether he'll actually get to read it. But I, I hope you get a response to it. I think you will. I know if it was Veradkar, you certainly would. I'd say Veradkar would pull up outside the house for a photograph and a selfie. But let's see what Michal has to say to Millie. A plea to look again at people being able to go and watch sport, particularly her granda, who misses watching you all uh, play in sport. But it's a lovely letter. Thank you for it. Uh, regarding Mary's issue from earlier on with her roof, right? And uh, the builder that was doing all this supposed work and she was looking for her money back and he's got a virtual office and uh, all that kind of thing. And she was going through all of the, the different things that he broke. Uh, he says it's an issue for revenue. He, he says that he had all these different registrations and certifications that were false and bogus. Remember that call? Uh, we did get to speak to the roofer in question. Brenda spoke to him a while ago. Maybe it was Seamus. I don't know which one of them. But he did admit to us. He did admit to doing work on her home and says he's working on getting her money back to her. What was that amount? Wasn't it uh, 3,000 euro? 3,000. He says that he's working on getting the money back to her. Says she's overreacting, he says. Everyone has their own issues and take on things. He says it's only a small issue for him. He admits that there are a few issues with the work, uh, but the roof is waterproof. He says that she is, says he gets it. He understands why she's upset. And he admits that it's his fault that he didn't come back to her on time. He says, he is not a cowboy. I'm not a cowboy. Uh, It's not like I conned her. I was a bit lazy, he says, but I will call her today to sort it. So that's what he said to us when we eventually got to speak to him. I think the one way you can sort this is by bringing 3,000 euro with you. That's the only thing that will sort it. So, Mary, that's the response from him. Let me know how you go. Meanwhile, back to the phone lines we go. I need to talk to Anthony now because he's got a busy morning ahead. Anthony, good morning. How's the farm, Neil? I'm good, my man. I'm good. Now, you um, you sent me a video. When was it taken? Yesterday? Yesterday morning it was, yeah. Okay. Um, from your window? Yeah, yeah. My buddy's window. I was staying in my buddy's house there last night. Where was it? Th- the night before last. Okay. And we, do, we know, do we know the area? Well, I, I'm not going to say the address or anything like that, but, you know, the video, as you can see, it's near Cheney Bar. There is some little alley down, down, down by Cheney. Okay, so there'll be Lancaster Quay, Coburg Street area kind of thing. Around the, around the area. 
Okay, well, okay, well, so I've, se- I've seen the video, but for those that haven't, yeah. tell, tell us all about it. Jesus, um, right, I, I woke up, it was actually my birthday yesterday, as you can see, I, I was, my little commentary on it, and I just looked out just to see, oh, you know, what kind of day we have, because, you know, I work outdoors and stuff like that, and whatever look I gave, I just looked down and there was two people, a man and a woman, we say, expressing their love. <laughs> Yeah, me, I, don't to, I don't want to go and get too graphic now with you. The video's graphic enough, like. Yeah, they're having sex. Basically, yeah. Between, yeah, yeah. between two vans. Yeah, exactly. Wedged in. What do you think? What you make of it? It was hilarious. I, I thought I it was very unexpected. Like you know, you don't you don't come across those things every day. Like I was I was in shock at first. But then, you know, obviously I found it hilarious. I just think it's, yeah. <laughs> it was do, do they appear to be worse to wear, worse for wear? Yeah, I do. I, yeah, they, they do. Like, and I, I kind of felt a bit bad about posting it and stuff like that. But, you know, it's far enough where you can't really recognize them, you know? Um, and when you, when you say you posted it, did you post it I because it on you, Facebook? Yeah, because you thought it was funny, or that you thought it was wrong, or you thought this is what we're living no, in. I'll these be honest, I, I thought a bit of both. This is what we're living in, and kind of it was funny. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. I'll be straight up with you. I think it, you know what I think. I think it's really sad. Don't you think it's really sad? I mean, it's shocking to see, but it's just so sad. Bit, but at the end of the day, you know, look. Life is hard, life isn't easy, these things happen, and I suppose, look, yeah, it is what it is, you know? This is not, this is not a sexual assault, lads, right? this is totally oh, consensual no, no. sex. This is, this is 100% consensual, if you could see from the video, they were having a great time. Yeah, but their lives are crap, though. I mean, they're, they're, they could well be homeless, I'm, I'm, I'm not saying with any amount of uncertainty whether there could be addiction issues there, but they, they mustn't be in, in their full senses, you know what I mean? It's fucking very well, I don't sad. Know. They, see, they seem to know what they were doing anyway. Ah, yeah, but that's a natural act. That, like, yeah, you know, we we all, we all know how to do that. But to do it between yeah. to do it between two vans in broad daylight, they probably haven't a home between them nor a bedroom to do it privately. You know, I think it's yeah. Off, you know, I understand that. Yeah, I understand that. And what kind of response did you get from people? Well, the majority of reactions there on Facebook, they were all laughing. Like, do you know what I mean? Yeah. So people seem to think it was quite funny like not funny if you're the two of those though I'd say if you have nowhere to live and no roof over your head I mean it's a, mm. it's a shocking thing to come across if anybody walked down the street and saw it it's a bit like seeing people shooting up really isn't it yeah it is like and I've seen that before so uh, as I said there's a slight undertone of kind of like Jesus this, this is what Cork City is correct and, and I do like I do agree with you in that regard you know I do agree with you that you're liable to see you know, anything you know, um, as I said, and I did mention that initially, like I did, I am human, like I do have compassion. I, I felt slightly, um, I, I, I don't know, is this 100% correct putting it up? But you know, as I said, it's fair enough that they're unrecognisable, you know what I, I mean? know, I know that, I know, I know. And I, I use like a professional uh, camera that you can see clearly, it's literally just a phone, like, you know. Um, but you, yeah, you, no, you I, have, I, I yeah, see yeah, where you're coming from. No, I, I mean, well, well that's, just, that's just me. I mean, like, <laughs> they shouldn't be there, and like, but you know. Good God, like, is that what people are left to, you know, where they, like, let, let's say, for instance, that they have addiction issues or they're addicts and they have nowhere to live and they're waiting to try and get into Simon of a night and they can't get in there. That's, that's their, that's their, that's their home. The streets are their home. 
Yeah, I understand that. And you know what I'd say? You know, when you think, Chris, your sex is very good for the endorphins and uh, great exercise and stuff, so at least they're doing something positive anyway. Well, there's that too. What did you do for your birthday yesterday? Uh, what did I do? Oh, sure, I just went to work. <laughs> and I came back and, uh, you know, I'm on the old bulk and diet, but my... My uh, my friend got me a nice fresh cream cake, so I had a bit of that. I'm not going to lie. My, well, well, wait my, a second. <laughs> what do you mean a bulking diet and eating cream? Explain that to me. As in, like, I'm just eating, you know, clean protein and carbs and stuff. I'm staying away from any excess fat and all that. So I just want to build up muscle, you know? So did you eat the cream cake? I did in the end. I'm not going to lie. It was my birthday. I said, thank you. You have to on your birthday, man. <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> I'll have to skip cheat day now on Sunday. I'll have to skip that. You've had your cheat day. All right. Listen, thanks yeah. for taking the call. Appreciate not it. Cheers. Thanks for the call. Take, Take care. care. And happy Bye. birthday. I don't know, guys. Have you seen that video? Um, some might find it funny. I don't. Some might find it shocking. I guess you're liable to see anything on our streets now, to be quite honest with you. But the underlying thought and sentiment that kept on going through my head was, Good God Almighty, those misfortunes. Like, okay, they shouldn't be doing it. It's a very natural thing. Um, it's, it's certainly consensual. Uh, but they probably have nowhere to go. They probably literally live on the streets, uh, eat off the streets, um, pee on the streets, sleep on the streets. And that's the world that we're living in, really. That's to me, that to me really is kind of like the bigger picture. Do you know what I mean? When I think about things like that, Sinead. Hi, how are you? Uh, well, did you see the video? I did, I saw it last night. What you make of it? I felt sorry for them because I had seen them on Friday outside the outpatient department in the Mercy. Oh, you saw the two individuals, the boy, the, 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 the y- young man, young yeah, woman. And they were about 20 past 10 and they had their cans around them. The two of them were shooting up and he just kind of said to me, all right, go hurry, like, you know, I just said hi to him. I didn't say nothing. I just said hello. But I just felt sad. Do you know, I, I recognised them straight away then on the video last night because I had seen them outside the Mercy. It is sad, isn't it? Um, yeah. I, I, people are entitled to be angry if they wish. But I think it's sad. Like, they would be so out of it from all sorts of yeah. distance, sub, different substance abuse that you, you couldn't care less or you're oblivious to what you're doing, you know? Yeah, and like at the end of the day, there's someone's son and there's someone's daughter. You know, I know, I watch videos so I can't say anything, but they are someone's kids at the end of the day. Correct, correct. That some family or some parents love them as children and this is what they're resorting to now, the state of their lives. Yeah, Yeah. tough going. Isn't it? Yeah. Thanks for that. Cheers, Sinead. No bother. contacted by someone who knows the girl in the video. She's addicted to drugs, has been for some time, but is not one bit of trouble by all accounts. I just think it's sad. I really do. Lines open on that and lots more besides so much you see of this on the streets of Cork these days. Text 0868104106. Lots on schools then, lads. My son attends a large special needs primary school in the city. His school has said not to send them into school if they have a cold. They said while all children will be welcome back to school, we would remind parents that where children are displaying colds, coughs or flu-like symptoms, don't send them to school. This is contrary to HSE advice and it's different to the advice from my daughter's primary school. Kids are already missing out so much school already. 
I'm worried he's going to miss out on a lot of school this year if I can't send him to school with a head cold. Well, you are right. That's contrary advice to what others were giving. Um, and then I'm listening to the scaremongering going on about the return to schools. Schools have communicated to all parents the protocol in the event of a sick child. They will be given a mask, escorted to an isolation room to await to be collected by their parents. There's absolutely no mention of people in PPE or going into the classroom in white suits. People need to cop themselves on. <clears throat> Stop scaremongering. Read the information. The incident rate in Cork is actually very low. So low that people need to focus on themselves. We're two years from a vaccine, so we need to live side by side with the virus and get on with life as best as possible, says Gina. Another example of telling people to calm down. You know, it's interesting you talk about uh, the child being escorted to an isolation room in a school up in the Midlands in Athlone. That's a tiny little garden shed that they put up outside the building. Awful. The times we live in. Uh, even the teachers are worried, worried sick about going back to school. I'm a parent of a student in secondary where staff are returning today. Uh, I want one million percent to say that the return is neither safe for students nor for staff. We've been told by the principal that everyone returns to full classes and business will be as normal within the classroom. They have 30 plus in most classes. The building in normal circumstances is heaving, overcrowded and borderline unsafe. I'm in constant contact with teachers in the school and other parents. Even the staff are admitting they think it's crazy and reckless to take 1,600 pupils and staff back without staggering it, rotating students to come in some days and stay at home others. 1,600. I heard where another principal said she sent a letter to the parents saying that she doesn't think her school is safe to return but that her hands are tied by the department. She has no choice. Would you be able to get feedback from parents of students to see whether they think, considering the size of the school and the number of pupils and staff there, it's a, is it a safe place for my children? Don't give up my details. I would do, but you didn't tell me the name of the school. So come back to me and let me know what school you're talking about that has 1,600 students and teachers when you total it all up. Actually, that's exactly what we did there recently. We totaled up the numbers of, of COVID-positive cases uh, in Ireland for the past 10 days. Um, and um, if you look at the, the, the dates going back to, say, off the top of my head, the 17th of August up to yesterday, the average positive results per day, when you took the 10 days and averaged them out, comes out at 113 cases per day. Now, some days were quite high, like, for instance, yesterday, 164. Uh, then when you look at, um, say, the 22nd of the month, 156. Uh, two days ago, 147. You know, those very high days. Like the 18th of August was a really worrying day. We had one death and 190 positive. So numbers are well up. Positive cases are well up and it averages 113 a day over the last 10 days. So with the schools reopening, particularly the secondary schools, undoubtedly, without wanting to scare people, the numbers will probably go up further, won't they? And that's why uh, we're being warned now, forewarned, that we could be looking. I don't mean to be gauging in hysterics, but even Stephen Donnelly says we're getting closer and closer to uh, another full lockdown. Um, Pal the Piper, how have you been, my pal? Hello, Neil. How are you, kid? How are you bearing up? I don't know. I'm getting around now. I'm going out in the boat and keep me occupied. Like. Doing a bit of fishing? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. You catching anything? Oh, we got a pile last week, but they're, they're gone to the bowls of the earth since it's under lightning. What, what'd you catch? 
Mackerel. Oh, lovely. Uh, yeah. Nothing like a fresh yeah. mackerel. Okay, well, I'm delighted at least you're getting out on the water, getting out in the water a bit. Just, just briefly on Hogan. What do you make of Phil Hogan? Well, I tell you, know, just we'd have the last laugh, no, because he threatened all the people here in Cork and in, in the whole country when he said, if you don't pay the water charges, that there'd be a drip of water, we won't be able to make a cup of tea, and all people panicking all over the country, making the right fool over one, like, serious now, like. Yeah. yeah. I don't know, but he may, if, if, if there's another match, he might match with us now. So you think that this was a long time coming, was it? Ah, uh, sure, he had the nose, look. It's he had the nose, look, when he threatened all the old people about the, the water charges, the whole lot, and it was 120,000 was up in Dublin marching. And, and it, if it happened ever again. And do you think that this is kind of like karma then? Do you know what I mean? Karma. Yeah, well, who? <laughs> that that you, you talk about he didn't have an hour's luck because of it, is it? Because he, yeah. He threatened all the people in Ireland that time and they told him to get out to Europe. Before he, I, I wouldn't see it. I wouldn't see it happening. He got told to get out to Europe over here, the big statement he made. He said, a man of his intelligence should never stay, state that. I'd, I'd give me a drip of water. He's like a fellow that went out, he'd go up to the reservoir and stopped the There were people there. gunning for him ever since then, yeah, yeah. And you, one of them. Yeah, how do you think he's going to spend his I time now? I, nearly, I was going to get out me bone out that I brought from the Congo and put it through him. <laughs> Don't do that. They'll be visiting you up in the Rathmore Road. All I want, I tell you, all the threats that Philip was telling the people, I'd have done time for him. Many people are saying now you'll have plenty of time to play golf. Ah, sure, well, well, I don't think he could play golf. (laughs) He's a handy golfer, all right. You look at the size of him, I'd say. If I ever got him out on my board, he wouldn't be coming back. (laughs) All right, mind yourself. Mind yourself. Would you come on a trip with Pearl Holy the Piper? (laughs) I w- said you were something I saw them over A, a one way trip. I hope he can oh. swim. <laughs> ah, and I'd make sure to speak in, it wouldn't be 20 fathoms. Ah. <laughs> I tell her. All right, kid, mind yourself. Look after yourself. We're back after 11 1850 Incidentally, Pa was joking. Get it off your chest. Text the Neil Brinderville Show now. 086 8104 Red FM. And with the schools back, of course, and everybody back at the same time and many of them not engaging in staggering times. Today is a, a big day because a lot of the schools go back today for the first time. Uh, and there's one uh, resident adjacent to Peg Sayers, Grail Skull, uh, up around Redemption Road, who's livid this morning. She says, Dean, I'd like to bring to your attention, an incident happened this morning, half past eight on Redemption Road, close to the Peg Sayers School. I'm a resident here. I've been for many years. It's also a busy time of the morning. And we're very understanding of parents and, and kids who are going to school and dropping and collecting the kids in the morning. But I went to take my car out of my drive to bring my elderly father to his outpatient's appointment for 9.15. And I was blocked into my own drive for 20 minutes. Can you imagine that? The parents came back to the car after dropping their child off. I approached the parent and said, you have blocked me into my drive for 20 minutes. I told them that my father, elderly, needed to be in hospital for his appointment. This person just said sorry to me and they just got into their car and drove off. I'm currently here now sitting outside the hospital as I can sit inside with my father to be told he missed his appointment and how he will have to wait for another one. 
I'm fuming, my poor father. I rang the school to speak to the principal about the issue, but he wasn't in a position to take my call. But they did say that it wasn't the school's issue, it wasn't their problem, and that I should ring the guards. It clearly was their problem when it's pupils of theirs attending the school. They have had months and weeks to come up with a system for parents to drop their kids to school. The road was like bedlam this morning. Crowds of parents hanging around chatting. No physical distancing whatsoever. I hope my father gets seen ASAP due to him being late for his appointment due to other people's stupid actions. I'm so annoyed right now. I'm a loyal listener. Love the show and the team. Keep up the great work. It really is down to motorists and parents to engage in a bit of cop on, isn't it? Not parking in front of people's drives. It's just not on. I kind of get where the school is coming from. You know, it's the stupidity of parents. Now, maybe the school could send a note out to parents saying, listen, you know, use cop on. That's what all this is about, really. Common sense. Um, I think you, I think you could get a call from the principal though, just to at least calm you down to say, listen, I'm terribly sorry. We'll send a note out or we'll email the parents telling them not to be parking in front of people's driveway. It's, you know, I can understand your annoyance. It's very upsetting. And now your, your dad, of course, has been knocked back with his appointment. People just cop on, you know, don't be doing that kind of thing. Parking in front of people's driveways. We contacted the school and the principal has said that, that he will call us back regarding the issue. Uh, because that could have been, you know, in another set of circumstances, that could have been a life or death issue, you know. Lines open at one eight fifty one zero four one zero six. If you want to share on that or anything else that's on your mind, um, big response actually to that video that was posted yesterday of a young couple having sex between two vans in the city. Marion, good morning. Hello. It was Anthony I was talking to. He he posted the video online up on on Facebook. What do you make of it? To be honest, now when I heard this, I was absolutely, I was very annoyed. I think you're um, annoyed with Anthony, isn't it? I was annoyed with the fact that anybody could film something like that and put two people up on social media uh, there before the grace of God to go any one of us or any one of our families. I so agree with what you're saying. Um, like, I, I just think I was glad you, with your, that you had so much empathy. But you'd have to have empathy. Like, you've got to see the bigger picture here, like. Of course you do. It could be any one of us in the morning. Where those two people are today, I could be tomorrow. And believe me, I've been down a rough road myself. Or anybody could be tomorrow. Nobody knows what's out in front of them. I just was... I was very annoyed and upset. And also, can I, like, also, can I just say, I, I was sent that video by people to my phone yesterday. You, you end up opening. You end up opening things on WhatsApp, and you don't know what yeah. you're looking at. And uh, yeah. if I could just say to people who have my number, please don't send me these kind of videos that you find funny. I don't think they're funny. I don't want to see it's them. Very sad. I think it's absolutely so sad. I, I could cry to be honest. Could be one of my kids' children in the morning. God forbid, and God between us, not harm. It could be any one of us. Our we've grandchildren coming up. Nobody can point a finger at anybody. And what does it tell you about the people who see these videos and think they are funny? Oh, my God. Uh, What does it tell me about them? They know nothing about life. That's my opinion. Yeah, I know. I know. No, no, you said it. They know nothing about life. You put it very well. Yeah. 
absolutely appalling that anybody could look out a window and film something like this. They should be grateful to have a roof over their head. And I think he, sleeping. I think he gets it now, though, in fairness to him. Did you yeah, not? Probably he does. We all make mistakes. Yeah. But like the people that are laughing at this, please stop. Okay, well yeah, said. We all, have, we all have families, we all have children. There are, addic- there are addiction issues there, you know. I know there is, and yeah. I have addiction issues myself, which yeah. I'm coming out of, thank God. How are you getting on? Doing very well, thank God. One very day well. at a time, one day at a time. Well, that's all, a minute at a time sometimes, and it's a rough time for all of us, not to mind to be on the streets with this, I think it's so sad. Like. And you could have been, you could have been. Oh, I, I've, been, I've been through my own share, believe you me, and anybody that knows me, and they will know me now. On the radio, everybody knows my voice. I've been down a horrible road. And I'm the mother of three amazing children and amazing grandchildren. They've all done very, very well. And I know what it's like. I know what it's like to be in Edel House years ago. I've been there. And please don't judge people. And how did you make the change? What happened to me was I picked up after 18 years. Was it was it drink? Yeah. And you stopped for that period of time? Yeah. Thought I'd never drink again. Everything was wonderful. But what, I did. But you did. And it destroyed my whole life and my family. But I tell you, I have an amazing family. Absolutely amazing and amazing friends. I have dad. And is life a million times better now than then? I never thought. It took me a long, long time, Neil. It took me a long, long time to get sober. A lot, it took many, many years for me to get to where I am today. And I didn't think it was even possible. I thought I'd never get sober again. And there's many that didn't who aren't here to tell the story. There is, and I've lost a lot of friends. But I have fabulous family and fabulous friends and... Like, nobody knows, like, it's so sad, I could actually cry now. I know, we need to empathise and sympathise, not find things funny. Like, not. you know, and it's, it's not about where people come from or what, what kind of families they have. It's, it's nothing to do with that, like, anybody can end up in that condition. Anybody. Because when I see a young, fella, a young man like that and a, and a young girl like that, 20-somethings or whatever... I, I kind of see them as four-year-olds and six-year-olds and eight-year-olds. Exactly. Do you know what I mean? Exactly. I see them as, as kids with their whole life ahead of them. and Exactly. Then the scourge of drugs takes over and... Yeah. You know, down, down between two vans is their home now. Chicago. That's their, that's their bedroom now, if you like. Yeah, yeah. Terrible. Yeah, yeah. I just well, felt I had to ring in because, it, you know, it could be anybody. A lot of credit due to you, Marion. You're, you're great. There's no credit due to me. There's no credit due to me. I couldn't sit down now all day thinking about that like people stop laughing at these no we're all credit to you for, for, for coming back from the horrors of what was your life well done oh well I did a lot of help and a lot of good friends yeah I know you did I know you did but none of that counts for anything if you don't have the resolve yourself well done well it's only about now I suppose Absolutely, yeah. That's all. So we should yeah. all be listen. All of us should be living in the now, not in the yeah. past, not planning for the future. If we could all live in the now, what a wonderful world! Uh, particularly nowadays with this bloody virus. 
Go on, mind yourself. Lovely talking to thanks. you. Thank you for thanks, that. Neil, have a good day. Bye. You too. Bye. Thanks, Marion. Uh, texts on this one, Sex on the Streets. Very disturbed mind. Anyone that would find a fun uh, video like that funny uh, and anyone that splashes it on social media or Facebook should be ashamed. Uh, agree 100% with that lady you're speaking to. Sad people who think these things are funny. Hi, last summer when stopped at traffic lights on St. Patrick's Quay, I saw three young fellas taking turns at putting their hands inside a young girl's pants all mid to late teens in broad daylight. It was crazy to see, says Pat. Um, isn't filming something like that an act of voyeurism? Um, I think it's disgusting, and I'm really worried that anybody would find it funny. What is wrong with Cork, says Grace? Uh, that's an awful thing to do. You don't know the situation. It's not funny, and it was a horrible thing to post it. How would anybody feel if it was their sister in the video or their family member? Would they post it then? It's pathetic how people get their kicks, kicks and things like that. Yeah, and I was sent it. I was sent it by people who obviously sent it to me because they thought I would find it funny. Obviously, they don't know me at all. Back after the break. Talk to Neil Printerville now. 1851 Red FM. Actually, let me just uh, rewind there. I'm actually probably wrong to the people who sent me the video. They probably sent it to me because I needed to see it because I would be talking about it on air and there was perhaps a, an angle that I wanted to cover in it and maybe they didn't believe that I would think it would fun, be funny but they thought I had to see it because of the program that I present. So I appreciate that. Okay, so just a correction in that regard. To the phone lines we go just on this though. The video is about two minutes long and it zooms in on a young couple having sex, consensual sex between two vans in the city centre in the middle of the afternoon. Uh, Eilish, good morning. Hello, Neil. Good to talk to you again. Did, How did, are you? Good, thank you. Did you see it or are you just no, picking up on the I story? No, I haven't seen it and I have no notion of it. And you I don't want to see it? Want, I have no interest in seeing that. My thoughts on that are that, okay, as the text says, somebody with a very warped mind really would video an act, right? And uh, that's bad enough, right? Like some other... The listener said voyeurism, that's exactly what it is. But then to put it on Facebook and splash around the place, that's a criminal offence. That's desperate, like, I mean, um, that's Well, if, it, you know, clearly I, I wouldn't do it, nor would anybody in the, in the radio station do it because there would be GDPR issues anyway straight away if somebody was identifiable. Uh, mm-hmm. Also, it's, it would be morally wrong to do it because there's a story behind everybody's misfortune. Um, but I think I think yeah, it's a cruel act. It's t- it's you know if I think Anthony okay. gets it now. You know I think he understands now that if you sit down and think about this for a little while, you realise that actually there's nothing funny at all about it. You know, there's often stuff on Facebook that you wouldn't dream of sharing. You know, um, I think the only time anything should be videoed is somebody is in trouble or being attacked, and that it might help catch the perpetrators or whatever. You know, but this couple. They didn't serve that. I mean, they're probably in a very hard situation and it's so wrong. I'm listening all morning and I'm just so angry. And what are we going to do to make life better for people like that? That's the thing. Oh, for people like that? I I mean, I'd be often thinking there are so many vacant houses in the country that are just rotting. But they don't need houses. They need treatment. They need treatment and they need a place to live and they need... Um, to, even though there's no jobs at all, no, none of us can get jobs. But um, they do. But I mean, that, in my opinion, was just a horrendous act of um, stupidity. Okay, appreciate that. I have uh, Marie and, and Sarah standing by. Will you just, can I you just, want, yeah, can, I, can I just pick up on one other topic this morning on Megan? 
Megan who suffers racial abuse on a regular basis in Cork? Yes, yes, yes. Um, I texted in and Brenda said, would I go near? But at the time, I, I wasn't able to. So my point was, right, um, like, what are we turning back to? It's like roots, Kunt Kintia and Kizzy and all this racial abuse. And, like, my point to Brenda was, people go on holidays, even though we can now, and they come home with fabulous tents and sunbeds and spray tents to look darker. Isn't that total hypocrisy? In what way? In what way is that they want to make themselves darker, have a tan, so that they're not white, our natural colour is white. So... That's way over my pay grade now. I, I would have thought they just wanted to get a tan. Oh, yeah, get a tan, right? We all love getting a tan, right? But, okay, you come home black from the Caribbean or somewhere, you know, with a really good tan. So why do people look at dark people from the other continents and racially abuse them when they want to be dark as they can themselves? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, we're not born racist, you know, it's it's taught. I know that, but it's gone wicked. I mean, it's gone wicked in this country since uh, COVID and lockdown and all that. Crap. So if you have a 14 or a 15-year-old calling a black person names, they learned that somewhere. Well, they did, they, of course. So uh, uh, ab- absolutely. I mean, a lot lies in the home or with the peers, you know. And, I mean, there are, black lives matter. Every life matters. I mean, we have so many foreign people and they deserve to be not racially abused. It's absolutely horrible. It's embarrassing, actually. You saw saw the direct provision centre down in Carsevine when the water in Carsevine went bad, you know, they had problems with it, with colour colour issues and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So the people in the direct provision centre there had their water rationed. They were given only a certain amount of bottled water Per day. I mean, that's cruelty. I mean, look, with everything that's going on now lately, Neil, right, uh, I think the whole population, you know, when I go uptown for my my bit of shopping, there's such an air of sadness, depression, um, because things are just getting totally out of hand. The numbers are increasing. We're going ahead for a lockdown. It's getting very, very serious for everybody. And people are getting wicked. And, you know, um, it's just where it's going to end with all that's happening with the government and Hogan and all that. Okay. I'm I'm sorry that you find the city depressing. Uh, No, I'm not saying city. I'm talking about my local town. Yeah, okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's People just have an air of depression around them. Do you know? No, in general. Apprehension. They're apprehensive and fearful yeah. of the future. Yeah, okay. okay. People are just so sad. Okay. Uh, like, okay. Including myself, Neil, because I don't work anymore. And I was a person that worked all my life hard in a really good job. And at the moment, I'm just waiting till this passes so I can go back, you know? And it's just very, very sad. And you know, I'm entitled to my opinion. You are indeed. Your life's on pause at the moment, but hopefully things will improve going forward. It is on pause, but I'm okay. We're okay. okay. All right. Yeah, Mind yourself, okay. Alice. Thank you so much. Thank you. It was in City, actually, on Saturday morning. It's a great old time. I got in nice and early. I wanted to see what the experience was like on Princess Street to dine al fresco, and we had breakfast in Nash 19. <laughs> Killer breakfast. Absolutely superb. Really great. Outdoors, and all of the tables were were busy and they had a great system going and there was a great buzz around, big walk around town up the Grand Parade, around, up and down Patrick Street, in and out of different places I thought the city was looking great Saturday morning uh, Marie, good morning Good 
Good morning, Neil. How are you? Um, I'm just saying I think it's a disgrace, totally and utterly a disgrace to go putting something like that up, you know, because, I mean, at the end of the day, those, I I don't know whether an older couple or a younger couple, I didn't view it. I have no intention. How old would you say, how old would you say, late 20s, maybe 20-somethings, maybe early 30s kind of thing? 28, 29, 30? Yeah, even age doesn't matter. It's the sense of mind that these people are in at the moment. That would be the concern. Now, I'm wondering, would they be fast enough to take a photograph if they were thrown down on the floor, bleeding, or cut, or anything? Ah, well, people I mean, film that too, and they film fights and post them up. They do, and that's their kick. What they're forgetting about um, is these people need support, help, be put in somewhere looked after, need a bait. You know what the weather is like at the moment, Neil. Uh, that was their bait at that time and place. That's what, it's their bedroom and they didn't see any other thing or any issue with that. But for anyone to come on and view this, it's a kick, it's a laugh, it's a disgrace. Totally and utterly disgrace. But if we call it out every time people do it without looking at the bigger picture, if we call it out, it will make things better, won't it? Um... If you call it out in a way of understanding and... Empathising. Yes. And not in a way like, why wouldn't things be put up without viewing this? Why couldn't you put up a picture of like, oh, I feel I saw a person today, maybe. She was on the street. She was hurt. She need help. Nothing has been done here in the society. But not for, for, not for laughs and kicks. I know what you're saying. Not All right. the viewing of... You have to wait to catch someone on something like this. I mean, this couple, right, that was their bedroom. That was their door into their roof. And they've, you know, it's sad. I think that sometimes these videos or these photographs are like trophies, you know. They're like getting a trophy. I've captured, uh, you know, this is a great bit. i got to share it, you know, because I'm a brilliant person and I've done really well in capturing somebody else in a an unfortunate situation. Well, that person then is not thinking about... Down the line, if he had a son or a daughter. Yeah, but uh, I know that. But he, but you know, I don't want to give him too much of a bashing. He is now. He's, I'm not he, giving him a bashing, Neil. But it can come to anybody's door. Correct, you're right there. Come to anybody's door. You're rearing teenagers. I'm rearing teenagers. God forbid, down the line, <laughs> we don't know who they're going to meet. It takes one badass. Uh, but this is a disease. This is a cry out for help. This is where they need support. And how would they feel maybe, even though they have addiction today, someone walks up, oh, I saw you on this video, that that could even make them worse. You know, being exposed like that, I think it's totally and utterly a disgrace. Instead of going out there, supporting them, trying to get them help. I mean, half of the population today, the majority of them lately was dying. They're out under hail, rain and snow. What is going on? There's plenty of homes there. The money they're spending there is crazy. Correct. Make an estate for these people. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you very much. I think also that uh, homelessness fuels addiction as well, to be quite honest with you. Sarah, good morning. Good morning, Neil. Thanks for holding. No problem. Okay, pick up on that, this video circulating, pair engaging in sexual activity between two vans. Yeah, so what I want to say firstly before I say anything else is I suppose I totally disagree with the social media side of things and posting a video of anybody um, doing that or uh, actually a video of anyone in general without their consent, but especially in this case um, and those people's faces and I really empathise with that. Um, but listening there this morning, one thing I would have to say is 
um, whether the, I don't know that boy and whether he posted that for kicks, which is what it's sounding like. But look, he has learned his lesson. But what I would say for all the other neighbours who are living there, at the same time, I feel very sorry for them that they have to, that that is their view. Because I think he said that when he was recording, geez, this is a lovely thing to wake up to this morning. This is my view. Um, I mean, look, I know these people are probably suffering with addiction and things like that. And maybe I'm going to sound heartless here, but at the same time, you have to help yourself as well. And I know a lot of people are coming on saying, we need to help people, and we we do put out the hand and help people. But at the same time, Jesus, we are all human beings, but have a small bit of respect, regardless of your situation. I know people out there who are really struggling in life and are really down on their knees, but they wouldn't they wouldn't carry on like that. Yeah. And are, they, are, they, are they addicted to heroin or crack cocaine? No, no, I wouldn't know people that are addicted to heroin or crack cocaine, Neil, but I suppose... If I was living there and one of my small children looked out the window and seen that, and I had to explain what they were looking at, I wouldn't be, uh, I wouldn't be then um, too sympathetic in that situation because at the end of the day, people have to live their own. I know, but of course, but of course, it's not right. We know that yeah. it shouldn't happen, mm-hmm. but it's a sub. It is a consequence of their lives. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, I suppose, like, I'm just going back to it, Neil. Like. I suppose we don't. I don't know enough, maybe, but like I, I would want to know: Are they trying to get the help? Because I know some people won't, don't want the help, and I have no problem. Like I, I, I've, I've, as I said, I've got huge empathy for anyone that's struggling or down. We all need a bit of help in life. Um, I, I've often went over to a homeless person myself in town and given them a tea or a coffee. Sometimes I won't want to give them money just in case it's going to something that maybe won't help them. Uh, and sometimes I, I've actually offered them a piece of pizza out of fast as before and they said, no, can you give me the money instead? Yeah, I know. And yeah. even though they were telling me they're hungry, now I know that's kind of going off the point. And as I said, I don't want to be totally heartless here. They, they look fairly young to me in that video and look, my heart does go out to them. But I would just hope that they are trying to get themselves some help. And I just was looking at it from the other perspective. If there was anyone living there with families and things like that, it's terrible for them as well, I suppose, on the other scale of things then to have to see that. It's I awful know. to have to live yeah. with that and it's awful yeah. to have to live with people or shooting up an alleyway. If you were happening to walk past that way, I don't know, would anyone walk down that alleyway? But if you were happening to walk past, um, it's just a situation, I suppose, that you don't want to be looking at either on the street. And I didn't come on to be the morning Nancy you now this morning giving out because, look, as, as you're saying, I don't know the full story with those two people yesterday but I suppose look <laughs> well they're just two people that are entitled to a better life you know that's that's yeah. all I'm saying yeah, uh, I mean, yeah, you, yeah. You, you say that okay you acknowledge that people suffer with addictions but I think you were asking mm-hmm. how do I even know they were addicted in the first place but sure that's what I, that's what I said like you know are people bound just to looking at, but you see that's what I mean are we all just going to that presumption they're bound to be because they've done that on the street like if someone and their boyfriend left Havana's one night and on the way home from town they decided after a couple of drinks Oh, we go in there. Like, are you going to look at them and say, oh, they're definitely addicted to heroin? How, like, you know, how do you not just know that these people would have, would just have... have Um, Yeah, that that does happen late at night. I get that. People people get overly amorous and they decide to go for it. Uh, But I think if you ever walked in many of the alleys or the streets of the city, which I do from time to time, particularly up around the Mercy, there's a warren of them there. um, And you'll see many, many unfortunate people with their cans and their bottles yeah, and yeah. their, you know, they haven't had a shower or changed clothes in weeks or yeah. months and you can tell yeah. that they're not, uh, they're not in a good place, you know. 
Yeah, yeah. No, and I understand that. Like, I mean, I know probably by looking at the judge, they're not in a good place. But I suppose all I was trying to say as well, not that I'm defending the post, because as I said, I don't agree with that in social media. Now, when anything happens, whether it's someone been beaten to a pulp or like that, engaging in sexual activity, it should not be posted at all whatsoever. Um, but just anyone that's listening, I suppose, that maybe is living in an area as well where they're dealing with that, you know, they probably are empathetic, but at the same time, they're probably... You know, suffering and fed up of well having to live with it. Yeah, okay. Exactly. Yeah. So I, I, just, I just wanted to say that I'm yeah, I know a bit of balance. Yeah, bit of balance. Yeah, Fair play. Yeah, Thank you for that. Yeah. Cheers, Sarah. Back after the break. One eight fifty one zero four one zero six. Pick it up after these. The Neil Prendival Show on Cork's Red FM. Our phone lines remain open after midday. Eighteen fifty one zero four one zero six. Mary, who was on earlier on regarding the roofer and the three grand that she wants to get back, we managed to talk to the roofer. He has now spoken to Mary. I think Mary has spoken to us again. She says that he has been in touch to say uh, the roofer who had done the work for her called her after we contacted him. He's going to meet her today with a thousand euro in cash and he says he will return with the balance of two thousand euro in the next few weeks. So the ball's rolling on that one. Okay, I'll come back to a lot of other texts just before midday but I want to do some bill paying. Can I just, before you do phone call, can I just do a selection of texts actually just out of respect for people who got in touch although we can't give money to everybody. Um, the other night, Storm Ellen arrived and took a souvenir away with her. My roof ridge tile. I got quoted €100 Euro to replace it, says Valerie. Uh, don't talk to me about tiles at the moment and tilers and roofers. Um, our beloved dog, Buddy, has a cancerous tumour that needs to be removed. It's going to cost €350. Euro. We can't afford it at the moment due to COVID-19 payments. Of course, we love our little pet and we want to keep him. Oh, so sad. Another one here. Ma'am of four kids uh, want to start Christmas presents. Be extra special this year and wants to start early. Thank you for that, Bridget. A uh, few bob for Grattan United Football Club to buy COVID martial coats to get back playing. We invested a fortune in PPE. We're short 200 euro for four jackets for match day. Another one here. Sarah says, my husband's a fireman in Yall Fire and Rescue. It's an interesting story. He's been on the front line flat out for the last few months. Even the other night, we were out having a meal with our son for his 18th birthday. The staff asked him upstairs because a man had collapsed. He had a cardiac arrest and my husband got him back. We'd love if you could bring, help to uh, pay some of our rent for us so I could bring him out and the kids to Tremor for the night and for a day away without having to worry about spending a few pounds. He'd die if he heard. I, you know, I, I may not be able to give you anything for bill pay, but I think that was a wonderful thing you did. And I have some vouchers myself which I'm giving away on my Instagram page if you're not following me on Instagram perhaps you might want to do so I'm giving away some lovely prizes for different Cork businesses and I'll see what I have in the in the stash Sarah see if we can organise something uh, not in Tremor but maybe uh, maybe uh, something to take yourself and the husband out for a bit of food anyway leave that with me uh, myself and Andrew are getting married in Portugal next summer every time I open an email from the wedding pl- planner the cost goes up Another one here, my son starting secondary school needs a new laptop uh, because he has difficulty writing. Danny's heading to New York. He received a half soccer scholarship in Albany. Uh, We paid over 14 grand to cover the balance. We're from a working class area of Mayfield. My my kids play soccer at the highest level. Any help? Well, I don't know about the help, but certainly delighted to hear that he's going from strength to strength with regards to to soccer. what else have I got for you? My sister Jackie needs a new cooker has to be replaced and she deserves it. She's always had extra for dinner, including me. I suppose the cooker's just worn out from the whole lot of you. And there are many more like that. I'll blast out another couple of texts between now and midday. Ourselves in Balancholy Credit Union are paying bills and picking up expenses. Linda, good morning. 
Good morning, Neil. Can you hear me all right? It's not a great phone line. You're not on a hands-free or anything, are you? No, no, I'm on my mobile. Okay, talk directly into the middle of it. Tell me your predicament. Uh, I received a summons there in the post in April. Now, Neil, we're in the middle of a pandemic. I three kids at home, opens the letter, I get the summons to court for TV licence. Panic strict panic anyway comes in, reads down through the letter that I'm in court in October the twenty first at half ten. Hatchball ninety, famishing, legs are shaking. I just in the name of God, like how in God name but it was issued as I said that the December is when I was given the letter, I had no T V license. Did somebody and call round to the house? He did. He came in December, Neil. It was the 4th of December or something, and obviously he knocked at the door, high TV license, I nearly died. I said, oh, my God. So he said, could you set up a direct debit? So, like, there and then, I said, oh, yeah, no bother, which I did. So it was two weeks before Christmas. Every time my money was going into the bank, I was just taking it up for Christmas. And then I was just getting a letter, I'd say, in February. I just put that aside. I said, I'd sort it out. And then the solicitor's letter came then in April. I did a lot kicked off. Every time I look at the letter, I feel like I'm going to vomit. So they are taking people to court then. When's, your court, when's your court date? Uh, it's the 21st of October and a half ten in the morning. How much is the bill? Um, it's a full TV licence. is 160, but they said then I was in arrears of 120. So I had to ring the solicitor's office to say exactly what that meant, because I hadn't a clue. No, I never had a TV license in my life. Lee. We all looked out the letterbox out the window for anyone after the door, but it was just this time I was caught. So then the summons then came, oh my God, it's just every time I looked the letter, I'd be shaking. So 21st of October, I'm supposed to be up in court. So we need to pay or help to pay to avoid a court appearance. If you pay before to... then, you don't go to court, is it? If I pay before the end of September, she said it has to be sent off to... Some place there in Dublin, uh, the licensing services, I have to send it off to them a postal order of 120 and I have to give proof of that I bought a TV license. So I have to send them off to the girl in Dublin. So you have to give and them 120 to... euro to stay out of jail. They might send yeah, you to Limerick. 120, 120 euros in the rules of a postal order and I have to have proof of a picture that I got my TV license to be sent to them in Dublin. Oh, you also have to post. get the TV license. And that as well. <laughs> You're lucky they're not looking for arrears for all the old TV licenses that you didn't well, have. I, yeah, well, I won't say anything about that, but it's just this time and everything's just getting attacked with my yeah. You have what? It's a shocking phone line, lads. You have what coming up at the end of September? Uh, my daughter's cleaning at the end of September. And I just hang on over my head every time I try to put something away, something else comes but up. But did it ever come into your head that sooner or later this was going to happen? No, Neil, I just did what everyone else did. I just avoid the door. Like, I just cut it and just send the summons. Be honest, like. Do a lot of your friends just not answer the door then? They don't. We just look out the my kids' heart. Just look out the letterbox first. I look out the window. <laughs> You're fierce. I love your honesty and fairness to you. It is. Like, just look out the door. I even smile for the two. You look out the letterbox. Don't open the door. Like. And what do you think you would know? happen if you went to court? Neil, I have it in my head, and I swear down on this. I have it in my head. I'll just make an example of me and put me into prison for the day or something. That is me. That is God gospel truth. I have it hanging off in my head. This is what they probably do. I'd no, hardly I, do that if you have kids at home. I don't know, Neil. They're probably, I'd be the person now, which always happens to me, they'll make an example out of. Just going to limit prison for the day. <laughs> I'm like, oh, God. But I just... I, <laughs> could I, be, I, a, day, could be a day out, a change of scenery. 
exactly need the praise meal, so what I need to say to myself. <laughs> but not Limerick Jail, no. Not Limerick Prison, no. <laughs> I'd be taunted. Oh my God, imagine. Oh God. So I just said to my look at the letter and like, yeah, I'll start that there now. I'll start it there. But just something always comes up. I'll be starting my new job and then I try and go ahead again. But, but if I give you 120 December. euro to pay the fine, I get... I get lambasted here then for paying somebody who's a television license dodger. What am I going to do? Here, I don't care about them. I'll pay. We'll pay. We'll pay that. How much do we have to pay? Um, it's, it's two hundred eighty odd. It's one hundred twenty for the arrears that I have to get a postal order for, and then the TV license. I think it's one hundred sixty. I'm not too sure. I need Google that. So do you wait a second? Do you want me to pay the one hundred twenty, or do you want me to pay the one hundred twenty, the arrears, and the new license? Oh, I'm not anything, <laughs> anything at all. I'm trying to just get something together. Can you come up with any money at all? But every time I do me, like, the kids need something, or there's a bill to be paid, and I have a clean in the end of September, and I try to get organised for that. I have to shoot after having a rough time there since... Well, you just have to tell her. You just have to tell her, listen, either we cut back on the communion, or Mammy's going to go to jail. No, Neil, she did see the letter because I had it kind of on the fridge. She reminds me to put something away. She goes, don't tell me you're going to prison, so I then have to take that off the fridge and just hide it. <laughs> so then, you put yeah. the court appearance up on the door of the fridge. Yeah, but just remind me to put something away. And she saw it then. What did she say? <laughs> she goes, what does that mean? She, oh, she, she read it. And uh, in court, when she came to court, I mean, prison. And there's no doubt. She said, you're going to prison for that. So she heard things about TV like then. And is it she just yourself it. and the kids, or is there a man in your it's life just, for all? Oh, it's just myself and the three kids. Oh, God, so yeah. things are tight. I wouldn't begrudge <laughs> a bit. I wouldn't begrudge yeah. a bit of television. Yeah. <laughs> no, I can't hear you. I can't hear you. Yeah. I, can't, I don't know. Do we pay the bill of a TV dodger or not? No. Something nice. <laughs> <laughs> you have no money at all. I thought I'm only have to start my new job. I've gone back to school, and then I have the communion coming up in May. So, because I did have a little communion funds, I kind of went through that over the COVID being on lockdown. <laughs> Just trying to keep on going. <laughs> so, like, explain to you how much are we talking about here before I lose the will to live? Um. Well, it was, it was two eighty odd. Yeah, as she said, cost the Lord one hundred and twenty, and the TV license is one sixty. One twenty and one sixty is two eighty, and that'll keep you yeah. out of jail. But with the help of God, <laughs> yeah. I suppose I better keep you out of jail. Please. I suppose I better Please, because I wouldn't survive. I wouldn't survive an hour like that. No. No, no, not a hope in hell. You get three no, square no, meals. Yeah, this letter is enough. It's frightening to God living there like that. I mean, like, if they look at it. So if you pay the 280... September, yeah. All will be well then? All will be well and I can enjoy my daughter's uh, communion God help us to help with God in September, hopefully, of course, ahead. <laughs> okay. Okay, okay. I'll tell you what. I mean, I can't let a Cork woman go to jail, even though, no, even though it's your, even though it's happened. your own fault. I know. I kept putting it aside. I know it's my own fault, but sure, because once it's done, then I transfer to a new one next year. <laughs> I'll renew it. Oh, for God's sake! If we do this, would you ever please get a, get some kind of a a, a weekly pay way of paying? Sta- can you they yeah. like a fiver yeah. a week or, or something or else yeah. get rid of the goddamn television I'll be here next year with this carry on again 
Okay. I know, Nish. I know. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna pay it the two hundred and eighty just to keep you out of jail. Although I probably get I'll probably get savage. Somebody says if you pay that woman's TV license, I'm switching off. I uh, know, Nish. We all have had times in the middle, but I wouldn't ask anyone for anything. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't ask anyone for anything. Go on away before go on away before I change my mind, all right? Good luck, good luck, good luck, good luck. I'll suffer the consequences. Here we go. Call the Neil Prenderville Show now. 1850 104 Red FM. Okay, a lot of text coming in on this and just waiting for them to hit the screen while I'm waiting for Keith. Good morning. Good morning, how are you? Oh good, you're on hands free, so I won't keep you. Go ahead. Yeah, I know, but we're, um, look, the, you won there, she, she had 12 months, look, say, for a TV license, okay? Yeah, so, yeah, look, yeah. if you're paying for that, um, at the moment, look, I couldn't afford to go on my two-week, uh, or two- or three-week uh, cruise, so I need chance to pay for that as well. <laughs> well, no, come on, no, it's very fair. How much, is fair, it? Like, sure, how much is a cruise? 12 grand. <laughs> Obviously not. Do you think that you think that that somebody who hasn't paid their television license and has a court date that we shouldn't pay the bill? Is it? Well, why should you pay it? Why should you pay? Well, it's not as if she didn't know she had a TV license to pay. She has a TV in the house. I'm sure she's bought more than one. You kind of put these I, things. You kind of put I, these I, things I, off, I, though. How about that? Like, come here. I'll say that. Whose fault is that? Is that your fault? No, but I mean, we all get kind of bills and red letters. What are you paying? What are you paying? What are you paying for? Because I don't want to send. I, I, I was no, no, no. Sorry, no. I was out. Of, I was out of work for two months because of the lockdown, so I couldn't afford to go on my holiday. And no, no. Right, a are going to pay for TV license. Are you joking me? I want to keep her out of jail. No, I come here. I'm sorry. She had twelve months to save her TV license. So you're saying? Are you saying let her go to jail? What? You're in a TV. No, I'm saying. Are you saying we should just let her go to jail? Let no, her... I'm saying she should sell her TV if she can't afford a TV license. That's going forward. I understand that. Get rid of the television. Yeah, get rid of TV. So like. All right. Okay. Good point. Well made. Did you lose twelve grand? What? Did you lose the twelve grand? Yeah, I did. Oh my god! Who's going to pay for that, Nolan? Okay, good point. Well made. Thanks for that. Lines open at one eight fifty one zero four one zero six. I think there was another one there actually. God Almighty, the rest of us working to pay a TV license, and she rings you, and you pay it for her. This is a joke. Uh, that gave me a great laugh. You have to pay the bill. I think fair play to Neil. The poor woman needs a dig out. I can't believe Neil just paid that. Crikey! Talk about enabling behaviours. Why can't she just put a few bob away each week like the rest of us for those kind of annual bills that we all have to make? Uh, take a bow. Fair play. Pay that poor woman's television license if she had the balls to come on the phone and tell you the story she deserves you to pay the 280 bill a postal order could be 9 euro also <laughs> you want to go you want me to pay 289 I'll tell you what if everybody is completely and utterly against it I'll pay it out of my own pocket and it'll free up more of the money for the Balancotic Credit Union giveaway <laughs> um uh, listen, I think, uh, oh yeah, the principal of the Gwail Skull Peg Sayers phone back with regards to um, parents parking outside people's drives and that woman couldn't take her dad who's sick to an appointment and he missed it. 
He said there was a letter sent to all parents instructing them on where it's possible for them to park in the area. He says the school specifically asked them not to park in front of any of the residents' homes. They're going to be sending out another WhatsApp message today to all parents reminding them of where they are permitted to park and the stress that it causes if they park in the wrong place. The school would like to apologise for what happened and there is no excuse for it. So at least that's clarified. Some people would park in your ear without thinking of the consequences of it. Okay, um, with regards to uh, pay your bills for Ballancolic Credit Union, here's another few. Uh, kids and their mother got a three-bedroom house off City Hall. Delighted for them. I'm going to help them and uh, do the best for them. I'm going to paint everything that needs to be done and I'll do other small things. It would be great if you could help them out, says Jason. Uh, cover some of the cost of the paint. My mother's getting a hip replacement. I'm out of work for a couple of months, so funds are tight. This will go a long way to help pay bills from my mum, who's also turning 60. Her big holiday to Dubai was cancelled, so it would be nice to have flight money for whenever she may be able to get to travel again, along with most of us who have many plans cancelled. There's one here. Life is tough. My mum was diagnosed with stage 4 cancer this year. We never knew she had it. Uh, Her doctor was treating her for ulcers at the time. She was admitted to CUH. We had only contact with her by phone and on Facebook. We laughed and we cried. She spent four weeks there and was sent to Marymount. The doctors thought we would have more time. She lasted two weeks there. She was very lonely. She missed her family. She died on the 18th of May. We only saw her on the day she was dying. Life is very sad dealing with this. It's just myself, my dad and my brother. I have to take my mum's role now to deal with the sadness of losing a mum. So we could do with some cheering up in these sad times. We aren't doing too good. We couldn't get her to come home either because of COVID and our funeral for her was very small. We are still in shock, says Siobhan. Siobhan, I, I really would like to help. So please come back to me and tell me what you have in mind in that regard, because um, we would like to help because you really are taking on a lot and even maybe an, uh, an afternoon out or a bit of lunch or dinner. So would you come back to me? I'll put some cash aside to help you in that regard. And I'm very sorry about the loss of your man. Just before I leave you for the day, Elizabeth, good morning. Good morning, Neil. Listen, I just wanted to, to say that you, you 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 lifted my hat greatly today. With paying not every not and, everybody would agree with that. Paying oh, for somebody who wouldn't. There's, there's always the big grudges, Neil. Do you know? We we've all seen days like that. I I read a lot of kids on my own too for a long time, and Jesus was very hard. But uh, you weren't around then, like. <laughs> Hang on, here's a few. There's a mug born every minute. You fell for it. Hook, line and sinker. If you haven't got a TV license, get rid of the TV. Another one here. Absolutely ridiculous. Paying that woman's television license. There are so many people struggling out there who could do with food in their mouths. Neil, shame on you. Take no notice, Neil. Take no notice. You you go on being the nice person that you are. Because you were born, you were born and bred that way. All right, okay. girl. Thanks a lot. Mind yourself. Take care. Lines will stay open at one eight fifty one zero four one zero six. Text zero eight six eight one zero four one zero six, and we'll pick it up in the morning. I'll see you tomorrow. Thanks for listening to this Red FM podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and check out redextra.ie for more great Red FM content.